Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Thrilled to be here with you on this wonderful Red Monday We are counting down until the Chiefs go to Super Bowl 58 against the San Francisco 49ers. We do not have a busy show planned today. Mitch Holtis will be on the show at 4 o'clock today. Patrick Mahomes will not be on the show, still trying to lock in a time. But I do believe that Patrick Mahomes will be on the show at some point this week. So with all that free time, that means a lot of me, that means a lot of you, and a limited amount of Rob. Oh, don't you worry. We have already started to put out some calls, some feelers for a celebration of Rob's demise. The plan is that when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers, and let me tell you, before there is any question, I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl over Brock Purdy if you were giving them two weeks to prepare for that offense. We are going to have one of the biggest parties that 610 has ever thrown. And when I mean throw, I mean we are throwing things at Rob. I'm talking about whipped cream pies, eggs, water, the fiesta that we have planned when this team wins the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm telling you, it is going to be a time. We have so many fun things planned between now and Super Bowl 58. I genuinely appreciate you being here and making us a part of your Red Monday. We have so much to get into, but before we do any of that, it's time to put Rob to work. Pizza time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. Caller number six wins a pizza. 913-586-7610. They get a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they have absolutely taken over the town. They got a new spot in Waldo, plus locations in OP. That's my home, Pizza Tasio. Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and Lawrence. Plus an incredible selection of craft and local beers or unique wines. So if you're in the mood for a slice or maybe you're hankering for a full pie, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me three favors today. Usually I only ask for two, but I only need three from you. Number one, thank you for making this show your home every day at two o'clock. 
Number two, I need you to tell one friend. And number three, if you don't call Rob a loser when he hangs up on you, then I am not giving you a pizza. No, you cannot get the pizza today from Pizza Tasio. Over the next couple of weeks as we are giving away pizzas, if you don't call Rob a loser at the end of it, then I'm not giving you the pizza. That will be the only rule. I promise you we will take phone calls in every hour of the show today. I will do my best to take as many calls because today is about you guys and what you get a chance to watch every single week and celebrating one of the greatest teams in the history of the National Football League. This is where I would like to start today's conversation. And I see the text line, oh, we have Baltimore audio, we have news, we have sports talk, we have post-game calls, we got Reddit. Oh, don't worry. I got you guys today. But I think the number one talking point is everybody was right. Let me explain. I sensed a lot of frustration over the course of the season. I had a lot of frustration over the course of the season because it felt like the Chiefs were giving you a very tired rhetoric. It was like Andy Reid handed all the players a note card and was, hey, say this. Hey, when anybody asks about the wide receivers or about the penalties, hey, just say this mantra every single time. They were steadfast in this. Travis Kelsey said this next cut that I'm going to play for you guys at least four separate times over the course of the regular season on his New Heights podcast. He was right. This is a group effort. And when you turn the film on, what's real is that we got guys that can play this game. And we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with. I know it. I've been on championship caliber teams. When you watch the film, penalties in critical moments, turnovers in critical moments, and it's everybody. It's not one guy. It's everybody's getting a piece of the pie. And, yeah, it's frustrating. But at the same time, we know it's a lot of it is self-inflicted. And we know that, you know, moving forward, it can be fixed. And we have the guys to be able to get it fixed. And it kind of sounds like a broken record at this point, but I don't, I don't give a damn. It's what, it's my, it's my livelihood. It's to, to keep this kind of mentality uh, throughout the season. We're eight and five amongst the top of the AFC. And this year we're, we're battling our tail off and we're figuring out what kind of team we are in a different way than we have in the past. All this that I hear in the media right now about who the Chiefs are, it's, it's only building that beast that, uh, that we've been trying to create this entire year. And it's, it's, it's only going to keep making us better and better uh, going through these these learning experiences and going through these tough games. The Kansas City Chiefs never wavered from that sentiment. Not Travis Kelsey. I'll play for you audio from Patrick Mahomes. That was their official stance in all of the regular season. The Chiefs were extremely inconsistent in the second half of the regular season. And the Chiefs remained steadfast. They never pointed fingers. And they continue the mantra of we will figure it out. But this isn't just about them being right. We were also right. If you never wavered from this team, I'm sure that you have said some fashion of this. Hey, this team is actually pretty good. But if they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, they can beat anybody in the National Football League. 
This team just went on the road against the best team in the regular season. Historically, you look at DVOA and all these metrics. The Ravens are a really good football team. But you want to know what the Chiefs finally were able to do for an entire 60 minutes. This team didn't play a perfect game yesterday. Offensively, in the second half, they stalled. They had missed opportunities. A touchdown got called back. They didn't play a perfect game. We spoke all season about margin of error, and they were not perfect yesterday. But you know what they finally were able to do in the most important game of the season? They stopped shooting themselves in the foot. Yesterday was the first game all season that the Chiefs did not record a drop. Drops defined this wide receiver room for 21 weeks. Finally, they stopped dropping the ball. Penalties. This team was one of the more penalized teams in the National Football League. They had three penalties yesterday for 30 yards. Baltimore had eight for 95. So you didn't have a drop yesterday. You won the penalty discrepancy by 65 yards yesterday, and they won the turnover battle. They won the turnover battle three to nothing. They were plus three in the turnover differential. You are going to go on the road and beat any team in the National Football League with that formula. We'll talk more about this over the course of the day, but yesterday what I saw was a team that had figured out its formula and a team that forgot what theirs was. Baltimore had eight runs yesterday that they called. I saw a team in Kansas City that leaned into Isaiah Pacheco and ran Isaiah Pacheco into the ground. We've been screaming for them to do that all season. What I saw was a wide receiver unit that finally was called on to make a big play and came through with the big play. What I saw was the more disciplined team. What I saw was the team that valued ball security. I saw the team that everybody said was the best team in the National Football League, and their tight end put his hands up, and he was covered by half the Chiefs' defense. He's calling for the football. Everybody was right. Everybody can pat themselves on the back today, aside from Rob Brenton, because we all were right. It has been there for the Chiefs the entire time. All they had to do was get out in front of their own way, and they did that yesterday for 60 minutes. People like Rob have spread this propaganda about their margin of error and told you that they had to play an A++ game in order to win. They didn't do that yesterday. But you know what they did do? They finally didn't make the critical mistake that ends their season, and they allowed the Ravens over time to kill themselves with penalties, with turnovers, with losing your cool, with being undisciplined by forgetting what got you there. And that is how the Kansas City Chiefs were able to go to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. Again, the Chiefs have been telling us this For months, this is Patrick Mahomes on this show talking about the offense. we got a lot to clean up on offense. We know that. We'll continue to work. Um, But with a defense like that, we'll continue to win football games. Is this the best defense that you've had as a team? I I think it's the best defense in the NFL. So, I mean, if if we have a defense like that, we're going to get this offense figured out. I promise you. Um, And then we're going to be a hard team to beat. You were frustrated at times with your offense today. Why? I think we, we just... We didn't make plays. At the end of the day, we didn't make plays. If that was me, if that was, it was everybody. Something was off, and that's kind of been like that all year. Um, and I pretty much said, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to have to find a way to make a play. 
Um, and then this season goes on, we're going to get, we're going to get, make plays and we're going to find a way to win. Yesterday was the chiefs in their way, putting it together. It was not the prettiest win that we've seen them have during this run, but it was one of the most important. They were the better team in the red zone. They ran the ball for more yards. They were more effective running the football yesterday. They didn't have a drop. They won the penalty battle, and they won the turnover battle. And if you can replicate that formula, you will go on the road and you will beat any team in the National Football League. There's the proof. Coming up on the other side, we'll begin to open up the phone lines. Oh, I want y'all cooking Rob early and often today. You have heard all the things that Rob has said over the course of this playoff run. Rob was a doubter. He was a non-believer. He was a naysayer. It's time for you to let a naysayer know. 913-586-7610. We'll continue to give you great stats from yesterday. I want to talk about how great Travis Kelsey has been in the postseason. We'll also go through some of the superlatives for Patrick Mahomes because at this point, the only comparisons for Patrick Mahomes are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I don't really have a plan for today's show like I do. The show is usually pretty mapped out on a segment-by-segment basis. I just wrote down a bunch of notes. We got a lot of audio from Baltimore, so we can hear them crying. There's some tweets that I want to respond to. People, once again, are complaining about the officiating in the game. At this point, I don't know how a team can go to four Super Bowls in the last five years, and they've never beaten anybody. It's always the officials. There has never been a fan base that has come out and been like, man, I don't know, man. The Chiefs just got us today. I don't know. Like, their coach is better than ours. Their quarterback is better than ours. Their roster is a little bit better than ours. They executed better than us. That That is yet to happen for the Chiefs. Every time they win a postseason game, the other teams, oh, the officials, oh, they're out to get us every single time. So we'll talk about that over the course of today's show. But for the most part, how I want to do today is I want today to be about cooking Rob Brenton. We can be honest. Rob has been one of the biggest naysayers for the Chiefs. I can think of so many. No, Rob, don't answer the phone. They can wait. So many times over the course of the last two months, I kept telling Rob, hey, I think this team can do it. All they have to do is stop turning the ball over. Nah, man, I don't know. I mean, they didn't do it in week six against the Chargers. Why do you think they can do it? It was so much negativity. Your gosh darn negativity is what it was. I remember we had a topic. I can find exactly what it was because B-Dub texted me. And I said, what if what if the Chiefs are like UConn in the tournament? Remember, UConn was a four seed. Blue blood pedigree. Won the national. Oh, I don't think that can be the Chiefs. Oh, it's not going to be the Chiefs. Har, har, har. So much negativity. You guys don't understand what I've had to go through. Trying to push through and try to be... I was the positive voice for the Chiefs on this show every week. It's tough. It's drained on me mentally and emotionally. Now you guys can share that burden with me. 
as we cook Rob hibachi style, deep fried, charbroiled. He he's earned it today. He's there with all the other losers. Josh Allen, a loser. Lamar Jackson, a loser. How do you go from MVP to now you're getting ready to play dodgeball in Orlando for the Pro Bowl? Sick work. The quarterback of the Chiefs would never participate in such nonsense. You're supposed to be the MVP. Now you playing dodgeball with Justin Jefferson. Look at you. Let me just, let me give you guys a couple of stats. We'll take your phone calls. We will hear what Rob has to say as he defends himself for what he has done over the last couple of months. He has to answer for these crimes that he has committed over the last couple of months on this show. Rob, I'm going to give you two stats. Are you ready? Do you want the Travis Kelsey stats first or the Patrick Mahomes stats? Which one do you want first? I'll let you pick. This is like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Which one do you want? Uh, Give me the Mahomes ones first. Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback ever to start in four Super Bowls before turning 30. Patrick Mahomes is the third quarterback to start four Super Bowls in a five-year span. He has 14 playoff wins. The only quarterbacks who have more playoff wins than Patrick Mahomes are Tom Brady and Joe Montana. This is his fourth Super Bowl start. Only Brady and John Elway have more Super Bowl starts than Patrick Mahomes. Remarkable. There's no other word you need other than remarkable. You ready for the Travis Kelsey ones, man? I'll give you the Travis Kelsey stats, and then we'll give you an opportunity to try and defend yourself because I'm reading the text line right now. You're getting pummeled, my friend. Sunday was the equivalent of Travis Kelsey playing a full regular season in the postseason with Patrick Mahomes. They have had 17 games together in the postseason, Mahomes and Kelsey. In those 17 games, Travis Kelsey has 133 catches, 1,516 yards, and 18 touchdowns now in 17 postseason games of Patrick Mahomes. That touchdown catch that he had yesterday was incredible. It's hard to figure out what was more impressive, the throw or the catch, both incredible. Rob, before we go to the phone lines, and oh, the phone lines are stacked. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the allegations that you're a Chiefs hater because they're coming in hot and heavy. And if this many people are saying it, it must be true. You lost your way with the Kansas City Chiefs week seven, week eight. I don't know what game it was. Maybe it was a little later. Maybe it was the Eagles loss. Maybe it was the Packers loss. You and Steven Spector, the boss, man, you lost your way with this team. I tried to tell you. I tried to encourage you all season. I tried to keep your spirits high. I mean, I'm always going to be here for the jokes. I don't want to make it seem like I didn't get my jokes off. But I never completely wavered, and I never abandoned the Chiefs. I always said they had a chance. Even after Christmas, when it was easy to bury the Chiefs, I stood by them and said I wouldn't eliminate them and that all they had to do was win the turnover differential. And what do they do in the postseason? They won the turnover differential. Now look at them. They in Vegas. Where's Josh Allen at? Cancun. Where's Joe Burrow at? 
Veil. Pat's going back to the bowl. Answer for yourself, Rob. I got nothing. Hand up. I was wrong. I thought this team, what's the uh, sentence that Bill Cowers always used? Your deficiencies eventually shine through in the playoffs. I didn't think the Chiefs could overcome their deficiencies. I said it all year. I thought drops, turnovers, and penalties. That would undo the Chiefs. Nope. They overcame it. It's like the postseason started and they decided in the building, we're done with that. It's like they and Madden turned the uh, slider down to zero. No more penalties. They had no problems with penalties on Sundays. They still had some turnovers in the postseason, but they had a positive turnover differential. That's the key to success. They made the Ravens offense look foolish. You know how Todd Munkin made TCU look last year? That's what Steve Spagnuolo did to Todd Munkin yesterday. So hands up. I was wrong. I thought officially the deficiency would get them beat, but they overcame their deficiencies by just stopping the deficiencies and just no longer having them. And they are exactly what you said. They're that UConn three seed. They're they're scary. You don't want them. Their path isn't perfect, but oh boy, if they get hot. And oh boy, did they get hot. So I got nothing. Hand up, I was wrong. I got to take the L. Cody and Gold told me today I have to pick the Niners just for the sake of we don't have the everyone in the station picks the Chiefs moment. But if that if that's the Chiefs quarterback and not the week three version, then no one beats that team. I was wrong. Text line 913-586-7610. Hey, CDOT, I know we're talking about the Super Bowl, but let's hear your opinion on Kadarius Tony and the little rant. We're going to start a new rule on this show. If you had less than 200 yards for the season, you are not worth us discussing. You're not worth it. I don't have a strong opinion about Kadarius Tony. It is better for us, that Kadarius Tony has not been on the field. It is not a shock to me that their offense started to turn a corner and they started to figure things out when they started to cut some of the dead weight. It almost lines up perfectly. So, no, I don't have that many thoughts on a receiver this year who had 27 catches for 169 yards and one touchdown. I don't have that many thoughts. I hope that he's not on the team next year and all of us will be better for it. You've gotten everything you need out of Kadarius Tony. He made that one play the one time. And you know what? That's fine. If that's how we remember Kadarius Tony, great. I wish him nothing but the best, but I really hope that we don't see him play for the Chiefs anymore. I really don't. So then in August, we're going to debate that he can be an X factor. No, he's not. That's all. I don't have anything else on Kadarius Tony for the day. I really don't. First to breaking news in Kansas City Sports Radio. Oh, this could be big. I don't know what this is. Per Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report, Chiefs pass rusher Charles Aminahu has suffered a torn ACL in the game against the Ravens, meaning his season is likely done. The strip sack play of Lamar Jackson will likely be his last play. Again, per Jordan Schultz, Chiefs pass rusher Charles Aminahu has suffered a torn ACL. Hmm. It's not good. I'm sorry that happened to Charles Amina, who, who made a very big play in yesterday's win. Incredible pickup by Brett Veach. Speedy recovery to, uh, you know, that probably stinks for him, especially because you had a chance to go up against your former mm-hmm. team in the Super Bowl for Charles Amina, who, so. It's very rare I hit the breaking news on it today, but I figure. Yeah, no, I, that was, you know what, that was, uh. Very much warranted of the breaking news sounder. Salute to you. Sorry to hear that about Charles Amenahu, but Charles Amenahu will not be playing in the Super Bowl 
because he has torn his ACL. Let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to take phone calls once every hour because I want to give people the opportunity to chime in, whether they want to celebrate the Chiefs finding themselves in another Super Bowl, whether they want to cook young Rob, whatever you want to do. You know, this show is about creating a platform to give you the opportunity to be yourself. 913-586-7610. I can't think of a better person to kick things off today than our guy Big T and Shawnee. Go ahead, Big T. Hey, hey, C-Dop, thanks for taking my call. And uh, first of all, congratulations to the AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Woo! And, and the, C, the C, everybody stands, stands for Chiefs, Dot. He's had their back all year, unlike his, his, his co-worker, Rob. And it hadn't just been two months, C-Dot. He did, he, he did pick Baltimore, but go back to the tape. Hell, he picked Cincinnati last year. This, doesn't, this is nothing new. He's a chief hater. He hates running backs. He probably works for one of those national syndicates on the side just to get on the board, get on board to hate. And go Chiefs. Beat the 49ers. Choo-choo! Thanks, Big T. I appreciate it. That's how I feel about Rob as well. Can we listen? I'm wrong. Hand up the whole deal. But can we not slander me today? I did not pick the Bengals last year. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I 100% picked the Chiefs over the Bengals. I don't know. Uh, you 100%? That doesn't even that doesn't even seem like you. The last time you 100% picked the, the Chiefs this year was the Bears game. That was the last time you were 100% confident. 100%. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, 913-586-7610. All right, Gilbert, how you doing today, Gilbert? Hey, C-Dot. It's been a pleasure uh, going through this season with you, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, just got three quick things I want to speak on. I'll make you brief, though. Go ahead, man. Uh, first, I think I want to learn from the Patriots. Uh, want to not take any of this for granted, man. We're going through the golden era right now, and what I've seen with them is one minute you're in back-to-back Super Bowls, and the next minute your coach and quarterback gone, and Mac Jones is your guy. So, want to enjoy this while we can. It's been great. Also, uh, I'm starting to understand why we get so much hate. The away games show us a different view than the home games have been. Um, the last two weeks, I've seen two different grown men crying in their beanies. So, I, I kind of get why they hate us so much. And as far as cooking Rob, I'm going to learn from Zay Flowers. Um yeah, we up right now, and, and Rob's kind of down. But the next minute, you know, you out of your hand um, in the midst of scoring the game time touchdown. So, yeah, I'm going to hold back on that. Uh, lastly, just want to say go Chiefs, man. Thanks for uh, being with us all year. Absolutely, Gilbert, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling in today. This is your time, Chiefs fans. This week gives you – You get a week of doing a victory lap around everybody. This wasn't the one you were supposed to get to. This wasn't the one. I don't think this is the last one that you get, but this wasn't the one that was supposed to go. Not the Chiefs team that lost to the Raiders, what, 35 days ago? They got dominated on Christmas by the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys remember it. Taylor Swift and Brittany, they're just holding each other, just sad, disappointed. A lot of people jumped off the bandwagon when they got beat the way that they did at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, especially when at the time the Chiefs had so much to play for in terms of home field advantage. It was looking real shaky in the light. 
you get this week to celebrate a dynasty. I'm not listening to anybody at this point that doesn't acknowledge what the Kansas City Chiefs are. If you can't acknowledge that what they are in the middle of doing of six years of going to the AFC championship game, this is their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. They've already won two of them. They are a coin flip away from winning a third one. Then what what are we talking about here? So take this week to celebrate. And then next week, we'll really start to look at how they beat the San Francisco 49ers, who have consistently been one of the two best teams in the National Football League this year. You already beat one of them, which was the Baltimore Ravens. The other quote-unquote best team is the San Francisco 49ers. You play them next Sunday in Las Vegas. But this week, we are certainly going to celebrate the fact that this Chiefs team, this Chiefs team that beat one playoff team over the course of the regular season, didn't get the one or the two seed. This Chiefs team, for the first time, lost on the road in the division, didn't have the division clinched until after Christmas. This Chiefs team left a lot on the meat on the bone over the course of the regular season, and it was the same conclusion. They still found themselves in the Super Bowl with a chance to win it. Let's get back to the phone lines. Let's go out to Melvin. Hey, Melvin, how you doing, my man? Hey, C-Dot, how's it going? Doing good, man. Hey, well, look, I've told you this before. I started going to the Chiefs games in 67. You know, the Christmas Day game when we lost to the Dolphins, the big fight with the Raiders. I've seen all these games. And I told everybody back in October, and I I got receipts. I told them, don't worry about the Chiefs. We've just seen them turn from an offensive juggernaut to a defensive juggernaut right before our eyes. And it took so many people so long to understand that. But if you look look at what Veach did last year, we had all those rookies. We had Karloftis. We had McDuffie. You know, he, we, we got Tranquil. We got Menahue. We invested in the defense. So it makes sense that the defense did what it was supposed to do. And all these Kansas City Chiefs fans, they need to stop being a uh, – hyperbolic when the Chiefs lose a game or two and understand it's the big plan, it's the big picture. Because they told us all along, oh, we're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. We didn't believe them. We didn't believe a coach who has been in 10 championship games and two or three Super Bowls, and we still have doubters. But CDOT, Rob's my boy because I always talk to him when I call. I do remember seeing some billboards a couple of years ago with somebody else's name on them. So I'm going to let a naysayer know it goes both ways. Melvin, we're not doing this today, Melvin. All right, we're not doing this today. Why are you trying to turn this on me, Melvin? We're supposed to be celebrating together, me and you, Melvin. My fault. My fault. I couldn't help it, though. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate you, Melvin. Thanks for calling in today. Why is Melvin trying to bring up old stuff today? That's the problem. Y'all be trying to bring up stuff from three, four years ago. ain't got nothing to do with today. We're supposed to all be on the same page today, and that's teaming up against Rob. I think that Sunday was Sunday was the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They are a flawed football team. They've been flawed. We saw their flaws yesterday. Like, if you really wanted to nitpick about yesterday, you could. Their offense was not good in the second half of the game. Was not good. They didn't run the football incredibly effectively yesterday. Yesterday was the same formula that we have seen from the Chiefs minus the critical mistakes that caused them to lose. 
Their offense did just enough. Their defense was the best defense in the National Football League, and they needed their superstar quarterback to make one play, and he made it right on time. In the second half, that's all they needed. They needed their offense to make one play. They needed their wide receiver room to make one catch, execute one play, and they did it. They didn't have the critical drop that loses them the game. They didn't have the critical penalty, and they won the turnover differential three to nothing. If you do that, you win. That's exactly what they did yesterday. Their defense has played like this all season, and maybe after doing it, in back-to-back weeks to Josh Allen in the fourth quarter and to the MVP Lamar Jackson, maybe the conversation will shift a bit towards the defense. The Kansas City Chiefs had the best defense of the National Football League this year. From top to bottom, consistently, I don't care about DVOA or all these advanced metrics. From watching the football games this year, the Kansas City Chiefs had the most consistent defense in the National Football League. And we saw them go up against every offense that people told us was really good. There's one left. It's San Francisco's. They went up against Detroit's offense this year. They went up against Baltimore's offense this year. Went up against Miami's offense multiple times this year. You tell me a team that you think could really score this season. And Kansas City went up against them defensively and held their own every single time. Their defense did as advertised yesterday against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, and they needed their offense to make one play, and their offense came through. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who you and I removed from the Chiefs fans' circle of trust three months ago, he was removed. You know what? You're back in it. You're back in it. An incredible team effort yesterday from Kansas City. Let's say one more phone call before the break. Let's go to Joe. Joe, you called into the drive. Hey, Joe, how you doing today, my man? Hey, CDOT, I'm doing great, man. Happy Victory Monday. Absolutely. I just had a, one little uh, nitpick I had about your stat about no drops. Your boy Nick Bolton dropped a surefire interception that only a Missouri Tiger could do. Rock Chuck. <laughs> We're not doing this today, Joe. Get off the phone. I would like to make just one very small point that the Chiefs go into the Super Bowl again is hiding the fact that Kansas is going to be a five seed in the NCAA tournament. I would just like to go ahead and make that point. I watched enough Kansas basketball this year. They should have lost to TCU earlier in Big 12 play. They've lost every road game in Big 12 play other than Oklahoma State, who was in last place. They're a five seed in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, what? we got a couple of weeks until we really start to talk about that. It's still football season. Somebody said that KU's like the Chiefs. They're going to be a five seed that goes to the final four. Absolutely not. Not if I got anything to do with it. I will root against them every day. Every single day I'll root against them. All right. We'll continue to take more of your phone calls. We'll, you know, we'll play the Ravens audio at three o'clock. We got news. We got Reddit. Oh, it's great. 913-586-7610. We'll continue to take your phone calls. We'll continue to celebrate the Chiefs. They are going to another Super Bowl. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, let me give you a plan for the next 30 minutes. 
We're going to take more of your phone calls. If you want to call in, now is the perfect time to do so. 913-586-7610. We'll take your calls for the next 10 minutes or so. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will play audio from Baltimore as they are the losers of yesterday's AFC championship game. My biggest takeaway from yesterday is I saw one team really lean into what they have become over the course of the postseason. Just going through the numbers, yesterday the Chiefs had 39 pass attempts and 32 rush attempts. Isaiah Pacheco ran the ball 24 times yesterday. Now, he was not super efficient running the ball. He ran it 24 times for 68 yards. But the commitment to it, staying disciplined to it, being balanced offensively was everything the Chiefs needed yesterday. The Chiefs have maximized their formula. Yesterday's offense was Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and we needed one play from anybody else, and they got that yesterday. I thought that this offense was too reliant on the others over the course of the regular season, and maybe that was by design. But yesterday, Marquez Valdez-Scanling got thrown the ball two times. Hey, you're not going to get a lot, a lot of opportunities, but when your number is called, make the use of your opportunity. He had two catches yesterday. 38 yards, game-clinching play, Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Justin Watson got thrown the ball two times. Noah Gray got thrown the ball a couple of times. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chiefs leaned into their formula. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everything and everybody else. While on the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens, who were number one in the NFL in rush attempts, Not a single team in the league ran the ball more than the Ravens did this season. Their wide receivers and running backs got eight carries. Patrick Mahomes had six carries in the game. How can you be the Baltimore Ravens and Gus Edwards only gets three carries? One of those carries went for 15 yards. How does Justice Hill only get three carries? Zay Flowers with his speed, he only got two carries. What I saw was one team... They stuck to what got them there. And I saw another team forget what got them there. We know what the game formula and game script looks like for Baltimore. This game was close the entire way. I know that Baltimore was playing from behind, but Kansas City wasn't up two, three scores in this game. They had a chance to. They felt like they were always knocking on the door. But Kansas City never ran away from this game. And Baltimore just forgot what got them there. Throwing the ball 37 times with Lamar Jackson is not a winning formula for them. Gus Edwards only getting three carries. Justice Hill getting three carries is not the formula for them. That's why they lost. I mean, there's other reasons why they lost. But the major reason why they lost is that the Chiefs enhanced what they were and cut out the nonsense, cut out the penalties, cut out the turnovers, cut out the drops, cut out a lot of the mental mistakes While the Ravens leaned into those things, the Ravens were number one in turnover differential. They lost at minus three yesterday. The Ravens ran the ball more than any team in the league. The Chiefs had twice as many rush attempts as Baltimore did. 
the Chiefs have embraced what they are this postseason, and the Ravens got away from it. And that's why the Ravens are going on vacation. Let's go back to the phone lines and hear what you guys have to think. We'll play the Baltimore audio coming up at the top of the hour. Nacho called into the show today. Hey, Nacho, how you doing, my man? Pretty good, Dot. How about yourself, man? Doing great, man. Hey, uh, so essentially the Chiefs basically just had 17 practice weeks to figure out how they wanted to play ball for four playoff games. It's essentially all they did this entire regular season. But most importantly, yes, Rob, you are a hater, and that combined with the fact that you never answer the phone when I'm trying to get that pizza tasio at 2.02 p.m., you are the Orlando Scandrick of 610 Sports Radio. Love y'all guys. Thank Nacho, you. hold on really quick. Oh, Nacho, I was about to give you a pizza. You hung up too quick, Nacho. Nacho, call back. I'll get you a pizza, my man. I'm in the giving mood today. Call me Oprah this week. I'm giving out pizzas. You get a pizza. You get a pizza. Rob ain't been answering the phone. He going to answer him today. We putting Rob to work today. Fought a hate he been spewing these last couple of weeks about the Chiefs. He was a non-believer is who he was. He was a non-believer. But it's okay. Patrick Mahomes, this defense, they made him a believer. Let's go back to the phone lines. Scott, you called into the drive. How you doing today, Scott? Hey, man, can I get some of this pizza? That pizza, Tasio, is the truth, man. Scott, I, you know uh, what? I got you, my man. I got you. <laughs> hey, I, I just want to have has anyone ever seen Christian Colon and Marquez Valdez Cantling in the same room at the same time? Because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're fitting into the uh, – disappointing contracts slash disappointing draft pick, but come up clutch at the, in playoff time, kind of, uh, kind of formula there. So uh, congrats to that dude, man. I, I feel so good for him. Like, I mean, he was freaking public enemy. Well, no, I guess he'd be public enemy number two behind uh, Tony, who still is, uh, is taking that role as public enemy number one for Chiefs fans. But, Talk about a redemption story, man. I'm I'm happy for him. And the other the other point I have, C Dot, is just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, 14 interceptions this year. Can you remember? And I hope I don't jinx it for the Super Bowl. But has he put the ball in harm's way one time in these playoffs? I I, I honestly can't remember an inter- interceptable pass that he's thrown. Certainly not in the last two games. And, you know, he did what was needed to be done. You know, his coach looked at what Lamar was doing or not doing and, and said, hey, let's not, let's not make it tougher on Spags to hold this lead. I think they were a little too conservative in the second half or whatever. They won the game. But, you know, Mahomes played the good soldier, did, did what he was supposed to do. And then on third and nine in the most critical uh, juncture of the game, he throws an absolute dot to the receiver he probably trusts the least out on the field, but he was open and, I mean, he basically stuck it in the dude's face mask. And um, just we cannot take for granted how great Patrick Mahomes is, even if the odds makers do. So uh, appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Love your show, man. Take care. No problem, man. I'll put you on hold, man. I'll make sure you get some of that pizza, Tasio. I'm a big believer that the playoffs force you to do the things that you feel most uncomfortable with. Think about San Francisco. What's the biggest criticism of Brock Purdy? Hey, if you get them down, if you get them down, then Kyle Shanahan can't come back. They came back yesterday. What's the biggest criticism of Lamar Jackson? 
hey, if you take away the run option and force him to throw the football, then you can beat him. The playoffs put you in a position where you have to be uncomfortable. In the biggest play of the game, Patrick Mahomes was forced to trust maybe the receiver who had let them down the most over the course of the season, and he didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate. One-on-one down the middle of the field, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to put the ball in a place that allows you an opportunity to go out there and make a play. And he made a play. He made a play. I'm just a big believer of that's what the postseason does. It puts you in a position where you have to overcome your biggest weakness. And the Chiefs did that yesterday. All the things that hurt the Chiefs and caused them to be the three seed and stop this team from being the one seed, they put all of those things together for 60 minutes, and that's how they're going to another Super Bowl. Coming up at the top of the hour, we are going to play for you Baltimore news coverage as they are leaving the stadium after their AFC championship game loss. It's coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we'll talk about this. And I'll even take it seriously. Our top three text messages. CDOT, with the news that Aminahu tore his ACL and is going to be out for the Super Bowl, are you pondering the idea of us signing playoff Frank Clark? Is this even a question? Someone else just texted in. Can the Chiefs sign Frank Clark for the Super Bowl because the D-linemen were getting tired yesterday and extra body wouldn't hurt? Should the Chiefs pick up Frank Clark? You know what? We'll talk about this. Not right now. In 15 minutes, come back and we'll talk about should the Chiefs get Frank Clark for the Super Bowl? Now, I don't know if you guys are going to like my answer to this question, but we'll really talk about it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I do want to play this audio for you guys. So last week, we heard what the Buffalo Bills fans had to say. I mean, they were fired up, ready to go. This was their year. Well, they were eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Baltimore, they were the one seed, first time hosting the AFC Championship game since 1971. Oh, they pulled out all the stops. They had Ray Lewis. They had Ed Reed. Jonathan Ogden was in attendance. Michael Phelps was there. They were going all out for the AFC championship game. They had T-Pain out there singing, baby girl, what's your name? Well, they went home sad. They went home with a loss. Let's go to Baltimore News, WBAL, for the report. I'm upset. I'm let down. I'm hurt. I dislike Taylor Swift. Not a fan of the Swifties. Di- it's upsetting knowing that the Chiefs are going to be back in the Super Bowl, knowing how good Lamar is. I thought, I thought this was our year because the Ravens have been so dominant all regular season. They've been blowing out good teams. We've never played this bad before. And for our best receivers not catching the ball, no. Let's think about it. Mahomes has went to the AFC Championship how many times? He's brought back what? How many Super Bowls? So you know what? At the end of the day, we know what's going to happen when we were going into the game, right? Obviously, I expected the Ravens to win. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> but you got to respect Mahomes and everything. You know, he is a great quarterback. So is Lamar. I didn't hear the sadness from them like I heard from the Buffalo fans. The Buffalo fans seem to want it a little bit more than the than the Baltimore fans. They seem kind of resigned to the, oh, well, I mean, that's Pat. I mean, you could really feel the years of pain and agony. This is the difference in a team that has won a Super Bowl in somewhat recent memory and a team that's never won the Super Bowl. You could feel the pain of the Buffalo fans. I mean, it was coming through the television. You could see the tears, the crying. I didn't see any crying out there in the stands. The only person I saw crying was the MVP of the NFL. I didn't see a whole lot of the tears. This game didn't mean to the people of Baltimore that it meant to the people of Buffalo. It meant everything to the people of Buffalo, which makes sense. You live in Buffalo. 
Let's hear more Baltimore news. Baltimore is a good team. I thought that they were going to come back. And, you know, Zay Flowers had a mess up. Lamar Jackson messed up. But, um, you know, it's Baltimore, and I love my team. We're better than that, right? That's, that's common knowledge. Everyone knows it. We know it. They know it. They're beating themselves up right now because they know it, right? We're upset right now because we know it. It wasn't a long shot. We're not the Cowboys, right? We knew we had everything it took to win this game. We didn't deliver. That's on us. So we're hurting. And that's all it boils down to. Okay. This is the thing that always kind of turns me off. It's the right term. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say it. We have played this on paper game against the Chiefs for what? The last four or five years? It doesn't matter what you accomplished in the regular season. It's can you replicate it when the games matter most? I just found this stat, Rob. This is from Taylor Witt. Shout out to him. During the course of the season, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had three catches that went over 30 yards. In the entire regular season, he had three of them. He had three in the postseason. In the last two games, two against Buffalo, the game clincher yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. That's something that doesn't show up on paper. That's something that doesn't show up in your DVOA reports. It doesn't show up for something that you did in week six or week seven. It's about the ability to elevate your play when it matters. Baltimore, your quarterback has only beaten C.J. Stroud and Ryan Tannehill in a postseason game. That ain't elevating your play. You lost to Josh Allen and you lost to Patrick Mahomes. That's how we measure greatness. We're better than this. You had a home game to show it. You scored 10 points. You scored three points after your first possession. I don't know if you're that much better than that. Not against Kansas City. I don't care how you looked against Houston. There is a difference between playoff teams and Super Bowl teams. We saw yesterday a Super Bowl team and a team that, eh, they won a playoff game. Great. You'll get a T-shirt for that. You'll get a T-shirt for almost beating the Kansas City Chiefs. But we've played this on-paper game for far too long when it comes against the Kansas City Chiefs, and our team is better than that. Well, why don't you guys ever seem to show it in the games that matter most? Because the only people that I've seen really show it in the games that really matter are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. You had the two-time NFL MVP at home. They were the healthier team. No Joe Tooney, no Willie Gay. Everything was right there in front of the Baltimore Ravens to go win this football game. And they scored 10 points. Can I read to you guys a tweet really quickly? And I do want to get back to your phone calls. We'll get back to your phone calls here coming up in just a bit. And we will talk about Frank Clark too. I do want to answer you guys' questions and if I think they should go get Frank Clark. I want to read to you a tweet. Now, I'm not 100% certain with who this guy is, but I've seen him before. I think I've seen him on, like, YouTube or something. He tweeted out that Patrick Mahomes is him. We all know that. I just feel like the Chiefs get the better side of officiating more often than not when it really matters. It's just blatant at this point. To me, they don't need it. They're that good. So get the calls right, and let's see it play itself out the right way, unimpeded by the Zebras. 
Also, the Ravens deserve to lose the game. Sloppy, uninspired offense and too many self-inflicting wounds. You can't do that against an Andy Reid team. (sighs) No one in our generation loses anymore. The other team is never better than you. It is always the official's fault or a bad call or the man was out to get me. It's never your fault. I don't have any problem with the officiating yesterday. And you guys know me. I love to complain about the officials. The officials in the NFL, they're actually really bad. They were not bad in the AFC or the NFC championship game. Sure, the game wasn't called perfectly. But the officials were not why Kansas City won. They were also not why the Baltimore Ravens lost. What call is he upset about that the Chiefs got in this game? Because I saw a play in which it looked like the Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman tried to trip Chris Jones in the end zone, which is a safety, which gives the Chiefs two points and gives them the ball back. Very easily could have been called. There was another penalty that took a receiving touchdown for Kansas City off the board. The second time this postseason that Rice has scored a touchdown, only for it to get called back because of a penalty. Did you want the refs to call a pass interference play on a pass in which Lamar Jackson throws it in the middle of the field to his backup tight end who is triple covered? That's the call that the officials are supposed to make and bail out the Ravens for poor execution? You got beat. You got beat. I know it's hard to believe this, but sometimes the other team just plays better than your team. It's not the officials' fault. Sometimes the other team is simply better. They executed. Baltimore had three turnovers in this game. They had 95 penalty yards. They ran the ball 16 times in a game that was one possession for over 50 minutes. That's not the officials. Your star wide receiver, Zay Flowers, diving into the end zone, gets the ball punched out of his hand. You didn't make enough plays to win the game. That's not the refs. That's a you problem. You were at home, AFC championship game. You pull out all the stops. You had everybody in there. You you had a big powwow to see everybody lose. I haven't seen that since Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. You put a lot of resources into gathering everybody around to watch your team underperform. We got to quit doing this every time the Chiefs win. When was the last time that that everybody allowed you guys to really appreciate a win? When was the last time? It wasn't Buffalo. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't last year's Super Bowl. It wasn't last year's AFC championship game. When has been the last time that a team was in Miami? Hey, man, we just got beat. I mean, I don't know. You scored 10 points. Your quarterback, just inaccurate. You lost. We don't have to do this after every time the Chiefs beat your team. Oh, man, it was the officials. It was their fault. No, it's your fault. You weren't good enough again. You had chances. Chiefs offense left the door open for you countless numbers of time in the second half. You couldn't put one touchdown drive together in the second half. That's a you problem. 
Coming up on the other side, we'll get back to your phone calls. 913-586-7610. If you want to call up, if you want to celebrate the Chiefs, if you want to call Rob a loser for his constant negativity towards the Kansas City Chiefs over this playoff run, Rob is picked against the Chiefs each and every week in this postseason run. He hasn't been a believer. He hasn't been an ally. He's been the ops. That's probably the best way to pull it. He has been the ops. So if you want to call in and yell at Rob, this is the time to do so. If you want to call in and celebrate. And you know what? Let's continue our talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had one of the greatest character arcs that we have ever seen in Chiefs history. And we'll talk about Frank Clark. And if you want Frank Clark back for the Super Bowl, keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. All right. Let's talk about Frank Clark. So why we are talking about Frank Clark, if you're just tuning in, is Charles Amenahu has torn his ACL. He's obviously going to be out for the Super Bowl. So a lot of you have been asking about Frank Clark. Hey, now with this injury, do you think it makes sense to go get Frank Clark? CDOT, with the Amenahu news, are you pondering the idea of signing playoff Frank? Is it even a, a conversation to be had? You know what? Let's answer the question. Frank Clark had zero sacks this year. Zero. I mean, I know you're going to say, hey, he wasn't a great regular season player when he was with us. I mean, last year he had five. This year, Frank Clark had eight tackles. He got zero hits on the quarterback. He got zero tackle for losses this season. Now, I'm not saying this to try to put down Frank Clark. You know, man, Frank Clark, he has had a incredible career in the National Football League. He made some good money. He's played in some big games. He's came up big in some big games. And he will always have a home here in Kansas City, you know, he can come back, he can bang the drum, and you guys would give him all the love in the world. The last game that Frank Clark played was November 30th. November 30th. I'm not interested in Frank Clark. I'm not. No thanks. I understand his playoff pedigree and his expertise. I'm okay. I don't know what the plan's going to be now with no Charles Amenahu because Charles Amenahu has been very, very good. I would just like to point out that they also didn't have Charles Amenahu for the first six games of this year's regular season, and they seem to manage just fine without having Charles Amenahu defensively. So my answer is no on Frank Clark. Now, I'm sure he is available, but my answer is still no. I don't think that Frank Clark is helping you at this point in the season. Rob, where are you at? I don't even know why I'm asking you, but you know what? You're here, so I will ask you. We'll even open up. You guys want to talk about this, 913-586-7610. You know what? I'm in a mood today. We can do this. I would just like to point out that, I mean, 
They spent a first-round draft pick on a player who has gotten three healthy DMPs. It feels like after 23 weeks of playing football, maybe he could give you some limited snaps and be able to help you in some capacity. It doesn't seem like he's ready, doesn't feel like he's ready to be able to help you. I mean, if you got to go get a guy who is who hasn't played, I, you guys know how long ago November 30th was? That's a long time ago, like a real long time ago for you to have not played a single snap for a team and to be inactive for this long. I, I, I'm not very interested in Frank Clark. You know how we felt about Zach Ertz when that story Yes, you and I were on the same page. When that story continued to populate the text line, that's kind of about Frank Clark. There's a reason no one in the league has picked him up. Or, excuse me, there's a reason the Seahawks picked him up and then recut him because it wasn't working. Frank Clark will bang the drum one day. Frank Clark has a legitimate argument to be in the Chiefs' ring of honor one day. Like, he's going to be a fascinating case study for one day being up there next to all those Chiefs' greats. He's one of the most important members of the Chiefs' first two Super Bowl runs. He's not going to be part of their third Super Bowl run. Pass on Frank Clark. I agree with you. If you spend a first-round pick on a D-end, eventually that D-end needs to play. You don't just get to keep bumping him down the depth chart. So, no. No on Frank Clark. Someone on the text line said, I wouldn't mind Frank Clark back just for depth purposes. Another person says, Trent Williams says, the only person that he hates to see is Frank Clark. I mean, we can take phone calls on this. 913-586-7610. And I'm... I'm not here to diminish anybody's enthusiasm for the next two weeks. I promise you, I'm an ally here. I am on your side. I just, I think Frank Clark is done as an NFL player. I do. I, I, I think it's over for Frank Clark. I think it ends that quickly. He had, he had zero sacks this year. He had no quarterback hits. He had no tackle for losses. He, he wasn't good. Uh, he, he, he was not good this year. He was, he was bad, really bad. The people clamoring for Frank Clark probably wanted Dalvin Cook on this roster. Because Dalvin Cook did zero for the Ravens. Frank Clark would do zero for the Chiefs. He's just a name you know. Someone said, what was the point of Baltimore getting Dalvin Cook? I, I don't know. I just, I understand why people want Frank Clark back. And it sounds good. And hey, Zach Ertz is available. It's a name that you know. I just, it's like we know guys are washed, but just don't, don't want to come to grips with it. Don't want to come to grips with it. Let's get back to the phone lines. 913-586-7610. Chris, you called into the drive. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good, man. Hey, you know what else sounds good all the time? Pizza. Doesn't mean I should always eat pizza with every meal. Stay <laughs> away from Frank Clark. Second of all, Rob, you just keep picking against those Chiefs, man. That's just lucky, lucky picks. Keep it going. Keep that negativity rolling, and we'll just roll on that Super Bowl and come away with a win. Thanks for taking the call, guys. No problem, Chris. I appreciate it. I would like for you guys to know that if and when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, because I am picking them to win the Super Bowl, you're just – I don't even have to be coy with my pick. You are going to give Steve Spagnuolo two weeks to figure out Brock Purdy. I just – I feel very confident in the Chiefs. Like, I I feel very, very good about Kansas City. I don't even need to – oh, I'm torn. I'm I'm not torn. Not even a little bit torn about this. You going to start calling him Bush Lightboy like I do? I – I took the Chiefs the moment they were at two and a half yesterday. I took the Chiefs. What? You're going to give me plus points for Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy? I hammered it. Couldn't wait. I was on. I was on the FanDuel app, clicking refresh. Couldn't wait for the two and a half. 
I called my friend that lived in Kansas immediately. Hey, put me down. You're going to give me points with this defense and Patrick Mahomes? I needed it. Let's go back to the phone lines. 913-586-7610. David, you called into the drive. Hey, David, how you doing today, my man? I'm awesome. How are you guys, fellas? Doing good, man. Hey, uh, first off, uh, Frank, regarding Frank Clark, that's nostalgia. You know, no need to get back with the X on that one. Um, but what I was calling to say was, hey, Chiefs Kingdom, let's, let's learn a lesson from the latter part of this season. I remember driving home from work, listening to you guys talking about, hey, we're still in on this team as a Super Bowl contender. And I know Rob was out and Carrington, you were kind of getting close. But as long as we got 15 upright and under center, that's all we need, baby. Let's go Chiefs. I appreciate the phone call, David. I don't know if this is going to count as controversial or not. The Chiefs didn't win that game because they had the better quarterback yesterday. I mean, he certainly was a big part, and he made the biggest play of the game. They won that game because their defense was the best and most consistent unit in the NFL this season. From start to finish this year, we saw them up against, you tell me the team that you think. So I'm saying is out of the out of the 32 teams, Jets offense, Jets defense, Chiefs offense, the Chiefs defense was the best unit in the National Football League this season. And I don't even think now that we have seen the entire we have seen the entire regular season and basically the entire postseason play itself out. I don't think that that's arguable now at this point. They won the game because their defense was better than everybody else's offense and defense. And we saw teams that came in that were better defenses on paper or teams that were high-flying, score a lot of points like the Dolphins. Their defense consistently gave them a chance to win important games. And yesterday was not really that much of a different formula than we have seen the Chiefs' defense. Their defense played well from start to finish. They needed their offense to make one play. The Chiefs scored three points after their second drive of the game. Like the Chiefs' offense was not overpowering yesterday by any means. Their offense did just enough. Their defense was dominating and controlled that game for the most part, and they needed their quarterback to come through. The defense, they had held it because the offense, the offense had multiple chances to really take control of that game. I didn't mind the fact that the Chiefs went for it on fourth down early in the game. You remember, Kelsey almost got the first down. I thought live that the Chiefs should have challenged it. The Chiefs actually made the right decision by not challenging once we saw the replay of it. Kelsey's knee was down. They then go for it on fourth down with Isaiah Pacheco. It gets stopped. That was an opportunity that they had to go up 10. The Chiefs were up for a majority of that game and had pretty decent control of the game, it felt like. They needed their offense to make one play to go out there and win the football game, and that's exactly what they did. They made one play when it mattered to go win that football game. But the story of that is the defense, in my opinion. The story of yesterday was the fact that their defense continued to be the most dominant unit in the National Football League. And so on the text line says Mahomes had no turnovers, which were super important yesterday. Again, I'm not saying that the offense didn't do its part and didn't come through, but the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl right now is because their defense was the best unit in the NFL. 
that their defense was better than Baltimore's offense, better than Miami's offense, better than Buffalo's offense, better than Baltimore's defense. Any team that you're going to throw out there, their defense was better than them. There's one team left. San Francisco was pretty good offensively this year when everybody was healthy. I expect that everybody's going to be healthy next Sunday. You're going to have Trent Williams, which might be the best offensive lineman in the league, the best running back in the league, Debo Samuel, who is one of the better dual threat players. There are a lot of great pieces on that San Francisco offense. I think we have seen time and time again, example after example, that when in doubt, you need to side with Kansas City's defense. Because I've seen them go up against every single challenge that you have put in front of them, from team offense to individual players. And they have stopped every great player that they have played this season. From Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP, from Tyreek Hill, who was the best wide receiver in the league this year, to Justin Jefferson, who was one of the better wide receivers in the league this year, every single time their defense answered the call. Let's get back to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Mitch Holtis will join us in studio coming up in 30 minutes. Hunter, you called into the show. Hey, Hunter, how you doing, my man? He dies. Rob listening? He is here. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure. So, you know, this season was tough. We talk about it every single week, turnovers, and all we hear is negativity from Rob. And it's a shame. He's a hater. It's really a shame. Yes. So what I'm proposing is when, if, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Rob deserves to wear a dunce cap for the day. He is not a Chiefs fan. He's a hater. You know what, Hunter? I like this idea. Let me put you on hold here. Let's get your information. You know, let's give Hunter a pizza. Let's give Hunter a pizza from the other place because I like his creativity. I like his idea. I like his enthusiasm. I like his gumption. Let's make sure Hunter eats, man. I want Hunter to eat. You're a dunce. You were negative all year about the Chiefs. You didn't believe. You were a non-believer. Take that, Keyshawn, Tom Jackson. That was you, a non-believer. Baldo, you called into the show. Hey, Baldo, how you doing, my man? Hey, man, I just got uh, two things I wanted to say. Was uh, First thing was, man, tip the cap to Stags, man. He's done an excellent job. I don't think he gets enough credit. That dude was playing a chess game with all essentially with the Bills and the Ravens and came out on top. Second thing is, man, I be, I'm still waiting on my pizza, see that. What happened? What, what happened to your pizza? Rob didn't give it to you? What happened? I, I, I never got it, man. Okay, let's put you back on hold, Baldo. I don't people could be lying now at this point. I don't I don't know. People could be lying now. Just trying to get themselves a free pizza. Do you remember Baldo asking for a pizza? Did he earn a pizza, Rob? I don't have any recollection of that. But oh, I also, my goodness. Now you don't remember. I don't keep a running tally of everyone you give it away to. <laughs> now you don't remember. Well, give Baldo other place pizza. Can we give him one? Everyone just calls in now and just says, oh, you owe me one. And today? Suddenly- <laughs> that's what they can do today? That's how we're. That's how I'm operating today. Now, tomorrow we can go back to normal. But today, yeah, I'm in the giving mood. I'm giving out pizza. We have to balance out your hate over the last couple of weeks by spreading love. That's what we got to do. We got to spread love on this show. You are spreading a lot of love. You were spreading a lot of hate and anti-Chiefs propaganda, and I've had enough. I want to get back to the phone lines here in a little bit. I would like for you guys to indulge me just a little bit on the game. Now, don't put me in the same category as Rob. But if you're Baltimore, you have to be thinking that you let a prime opportunity go yesterday. Like, you've got to be thinking that. 
I still don't really have a good explanation on how the Baltimore Ravens only ran the ball 16 times yesterday. I still don't really have a good enough understanding of how Baltimore was the number one rush team in the National Football League and Gus Edwards got three carries in these games. Like the Baltimore Ravens, this new offensive coordinator that was going to fix everything, Todd Munkin, they brought him in here. He had fixed Lamar Jackson. This was supposedly the best version of Lamar Jackson that we had ever seen. It looked a lot like all the other versions of Lamar Jackson that we have seen in the postseason, a shook one. He looked like B-Rabbit in that first battle in the very beginning of the movie, frightened. How do you call three run plays for Gus Edwards? How do you call three run plays for Justice Hill? Just a mind-blowing game plan to me for the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens got away from how the Ravens got to the AFC championship game. Like you would think that they would understand. They, they couldn't stop the run. The Chiefs ran it 32 times yesterday. The Chiefs in the first half, they had the ball for almost 21 minutes. So Baltimore's defense couldn't get off the field yesterday, and they couldn't run the football. I tell you guys this every single week, that football is simple. It is a line of scrimmage game. And yesterday, Kansas City dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. They did a better job protecting their quarterback. They did a better job running the football. They did a better job stopping the run. They also forced a turnover from their defensive line with Charles Aminahu yesterday, who got the uh, strip sack fumble. I mean, the Chiefs' front four and their offensive line just controlled the game yesterday. That if you are a Ravens fan and you were going back and you were looking at the game flow and the way that the game played itself out and looking at the box score right now the way that I am, you have to think to yourself, how in the world did we call eight run plays for our team? That's what they do well. It's not even like they were that bad at it when they tried to do it. Early in the game, they ran that quarterback keeper for Lamar on fourth down. They got a first down. Gus Edwards had a 15-yard run. How did the Ravens just not run the ball more yesterday? At least if you're going to go out, go out the way that got you here. Like, Rob, I strongly disagree with how Dan Campbell handled the fourth quarter of that game and thought that Dan Campbell should have kicked the field goal in both opportunities and taken points. I thought this in real time, not just now that we see the results, but at least the Lions went out playing a Lions style and brand of football. I don't know how good you should feel about that, given the lead that you blew, but at least the Lions went out like the Lions. This Ravens team, this is not how they got to be the best team in the NFL this year. Certainly not with Lamar throwing it 37 times and them only calling eight run plays for Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Zay Flowers. It makes sense why their offense struggled. They could never get into a rhythm. They could never find consistency. They never really had a flow. Their offense was one big pass play. It felt a lot like the Dolphins game. Remember the Dolphins? They had that one big pass play to Tyreek Hill. The Ravens offense yesterday was one big pass play, really two, two big pass plays to Zay Flowers. The touchdown pass early on in the game, and then the second big long pass where he got over him and he thought he was Allen Iverson for a second, stepping over Legereus Need. That was all the offense that they really mustered yesterday. I mean, we talked about it last week. 
about Steve Spagnuolo being one of the best defensive corners of all time. He put on a clinic yesterday. I don't want to get deep cut nerd core football guy, but I was watching NFL live here in the studio and Ryan Clark was raving about how he gave Lamar different looks and he had Lamar and Todd Munkin befuddled. He played some three, three, five. He played some three, two, six. He was doing some four, one, you know, six. He was, he had Lamar in a blender. He had Todd Munkin up in the booth, just puzzled. They couldn't get anything going. They had, no offense. You're right. They had two big plays. One was a broken play. So I would even say that's not bad scheme. If Leo Chanel somehow gets Lamar to fall, it's not a big play. Outside of that, Todd Munkin and co got absolutely zipped up by Steve Spagnuolo and co. That was scheme wise, execution wise, as, as good as anyone has ever played against the Ravens. All season long, because I know people get their jokes off about Lamar, but he was good this year, and he looked he looked like, that. what's that guy that played for the Broncos in the COVID year, Hinton? He looked like that yesterday. But even despite the score, I mean, yesterday, San Francisco, San Francisco was down double digits for, what, the first 40, 45 minutes of the game? Christian McCaffrey got 20 carries yesterday. Like, if you're San Francisco, you know, hey, we're not winning this game if Christian McCaffrey is not a valuable member of this team. He got 24 touches yesterday for almost 150 yards of total offense. That's how San Francisco came back. And then once you do your formula, all right, now we get a big pass play to Brandon Ayuk. Like, Baltimore never tried to use their rush offense to really spark and cat like, and be a catalyst for their comeback. They were not coming back in that game by turning Lamar into a true pocket passer and allowing him to pass. Guys just weren't getting open yesterday. Like the Chiefs secondary dominated that game yesterday with Sneed and McDuffie and Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and Justin Reed, who was around the football all day. They dominated that game yesterday. If you're the Ravens, you got to go back and think, hey, we didn't put our best foot forward. We didn't run the football effectively. We didn't control the line of scrimmage, and that is what made us the best team in the regular season. Kansas City really got them off their game, and I genuinely believe that the Chiefs won yesterday because they have they have perfected their formula. More Rice, more Kelsey, more Pacheco, less of everything else. They needed one play from somebody that was outside of that group, and they got that from MVS. And Baltimore looked unrecognizable for how they dominated the regular season. I'll give you the stats on the Chiefs' offense and the formula of Rice, Kelsey, Pacheco, and less of everybody else coming up on the other side. And we'll take your phone calls before we're joined by Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, coming up at the top of the hour. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to join us in studio coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I do want to continue to take your phone calls. We'll do that before we are joined by Mitch Holtz's. Really quick question, Rob. Who do you think had a better rookie season with the Chiefs? Travis Kelsey, or Patrick Mahomes, or Taylor Swift? Oof, that's a good question. I think you have... 
What do we count Mahomes' rookie year as? Like the one he sat or like his rookie playing year? You know, why don't we do this? Who had a better first year as a starter? Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, or Taylor Swift? Because this is the thing. Travis Kelsey, remember he tore his ACL, had the adversity, came back, instant star in the league. Patrick Mahomes didn't start. Got an opportunity late. You saw that there was some potential. You didn't know it was going to lead to all this, but you saw that the Chiefs might have something. Next year, they had an MVP. I mean, we look at Taylor Swift. She shows up here week three of the NFL season. Her most negative memory is them losing on Christmas. That's the most down that she's seen the Chiefs. She ain't been through the battle scars. It took some of you 40, 50 Years to see the Chiefs. You spent your whole life out in the cold, freezing, cheering for the Chiefs. Taylor Swift shows up instantly. First year, Super Bowl. Some people get all the luck, man. She don't know about Lynn Elliott, man. She don't know about the Marcus Mariota forward lateral. She doesn't know about Andrew Luck and the wild card. She doesn't know anything about that. Isn't it great? You know, you just show up. You get to skip all the other stuff, and I just get to—I get to just be a fan of all the great stuff that happens. Phenomenal. So she's the winner. What a great first season as a starter Taylor Swift had. Have you seen the tweet about people doing the math on how long it takes to get from Tokyo to Vegas? She will be at the game. I I agree, but she I'm not as game. confident as you are. She will that's, be at the game. That's a that's a long flight. That's a long flight. You think there's a chance? I think it's like 75, she 25 she makes it. Broncos. You think there's a chance that her boyfriend. Yeah, but she wasn't in Tokyo the night before Chiefs Broncos. Don't move the show up. If there's anybody's fan base that would understand, hey, you know what? Hey, I know I said I was going to do this show. It was going to start at 7. It's got to start at 4 o'clock. You guys know where I have to be. If there's anybody's fan base, that would understand. She's going to go up there. She's going to do her four hours of song, and then I'm getting on the red eye, and I'm going to Las Vegas because my man is playing the Super Bowl. There's no chance she's not there. I think it's 75-25. More likely than not, but I think she's definitely there. Yeah, 100%. She will be there. The moment she gets off the stage, she will be on the plane, asleep, the red eye. She will be there. I think I saw if she leaves like right after the game, Due to the time difference, she'll get there with like 20 hours to spare or something I saw from Darren Ravel. Yes, I would be I will be stunned if she is not at the game. Stunned. How sad is Usher going to be that he's the second most famous musician in the building? <laughs> I was just reading on TMZ. They're like, oh, she's not going to perform. Who thought that Taylor Swift like, there was going to cancel Usher's halftime show for Taylor Swift? I didn't think they were doing that. <laughs> Can you imagine if they're like, listen, Usher, we've been advertising you for months. For You're months. out. You're gone. I know that See we ya. gave you this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, you understand, right, Usher? I mean, you got you got to understand, Usher. No, I, 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 I'm just going to assume that there are some artists that have like a, hey, whenever you are ready to do it, I assume that she is number one on the list. Hey, whenever you want to perform at the Super Bowl, we are very happy to have you perform at the Super Bowl. And eventually one day she will. Like, I'm I'm very confident that at some point she will perform at the halftime of the Super Bowl. She's just too big of an artist to do that. I'm just still imagining the world where Usher is getting ready. He's like, oh, they're coming to Vegas, got my residency here, and he gets a call. You're out. 
Kelsey's in, you're out. Someone on the uh, text line said, so is Usher just going to perform Yale four times or what? We are not doing that. About to, we are not doing that to Usher. Not at all. I'm going to say this. It's man, I hate her. I think Usher is very to America's. My America loves, yeah. Some of the songs you're looking forward to, My America doesn't know. Hey, we, we do both. I don't. That's I what do, makes Usher so good. I'm curious how much, if it's 50-50. That's what I'm Usher, curious about. Usher can do DJ Got Us Falling in Love Again, and he can do Superstar. And both of us will be happy. Like, oh, man, Usher really killed that <laughs> performance. He can do OMG with Will I Am. He can do that. And he can do You Ain't Got a Call. No, we're not doing that with Usher. If there's one, I am 100% confident. Usher is about to be up there singing and dancing. And you're going to be like, oh, I haven't heard this song. Yeah, because Usher's catalog is incredible. We're not, we're not doing this with Usher. No, we're not doing this. Not at all. Let's go back to the faux lines. Dan and KCK. Hey, Dan, how you doing? I think I might hit the wrong button. Hold on. Did I hit the wrong button? Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hey, hey, Carrington, how you doing? Yeah, it was a great game by the Chiefs defense. Yeah, stripping uh, Lamar like that and that interception with that three-double coverage. And the uh, offense did uh, just enough in the first half, and they got the yardage back when uh, Trey Taylor got the holding penalty with the field goal. So, hey, every day was a good all-around team win, and uh, I'm getting ready for the repeat in two weeks. Take care of yourself, Carrington. Absolutely, Dan. I appreciate you calling in today, man. Absolutely. That. The Chiefs, they played a very 2023 version of the Chiefs. Offense did just enough. Defense was incredible. Patrick Mahomes made one play. They executed that play. They won the game. You go home disappointed and upset. For the first time in a big game, they just didn't shoot themselves in the foot. I guess you could say last week against Buffalo. Only had three penalties, didn't turn the ball over, and didn't record a drop for the first time this season. You had said, hey, I don't trust them to not execute Drops, penalties, and turnovers. They did that. They they are going to the Super Bowl. Let's go back to the phone lines. Frank called into the drive. Hey, Frank. Yep. And if they do that in a couple of weeks, they're going to be they're going to be back to back repeat champions. Absolutely. Ravens got punched in the mouth. They didn't respond. All I hear is the nonsense all over the interwebs is the refs, the refs, the refs. The Ravens were dominated yesterday. It wasn't even close. This should have been a thirty-one to seven game. The fact that the Ravens fans are crying saying that the Chiefs have the refs in their back pocket and that's why they won because there was a pass interference unlikely that wasn't called or whatever their nonsense is just doesn't make sense. There's zero chance that Taylor's not going to be at the Super Bowl. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes would have a better chance of not showing up the Super Bowl than Taylor Swift. She'll be there. Um, Purdy is not going. Purdy's not going to beat this team. They are going to put nine in the box. Stop stop Kirsten McCaffrey and make Purdy beat him, and he will not be able to do it. The Chiefs are going to repeat. And just to thank, three months ago I called in and said, Veach surrounded Michael Jordan with bums. If they can't, if the league can't beat Patrick Mahomes with this roster, what makes you think that they're going to have a chance to beat him in the future when they go out and sign T. Higgins or Mike Evans or whoever big free agent they're going to bring in on the outside to blow the top off the defense? We're watching the greatness this is Michael Jordan on the football field, folks. Sit back and enjoy the next decade. Um, this guy is going to be the GOAT, and it's not even going to be close. They're going to be like Brady who when, when Patrick Mahomes retires. Absolutely, uh, Frank. I appreciate the phone call. I got distracted just really quickly because someone on the text line said, Rob, you said that Usher is going to be the second most famous musician there. I think Reba McIntyre is going to perform, so that would make Usher third. Reba's bigger than Usher? This is the this is the real two Americas. I don't have any framework for how big of a deal Reba is. I know Reba's big. Don't get me wrong. We think Reba's bigger than Usher. 
I'm, I'm the wrong generation. Reba's not bigger than Usher for me. But I, I just don't know. I, I mean, don't see, know. I don't know. I know. I'm Taylor's, not trying to disrespect Reba. Reba's the a, a goat. I just Reba's a bigger musician than Usher. I I don't know. I don't mean. I honestly don't know. I'm not that big of a country fan. I know Taylor Swift trumps you both were of them. You listening to Kane Brown? Yeah, Kane Brown's hot now. I I wasn't listening to Reba. Okay, my bad. Magic text, was still hooping when Reba started. Definitely Reba. I, okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, that sure just seems really big, but I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know Reba was that big. Not like this. All right. You know, we're going to ask Mitch Holtis this question. I'm actually very curious what he would say. Hey, <laughs> hey, Mitch, you can meet one of them for the Super Bowl. You're going to be there again. You just live there now. You're just going to live there. Who would you rather meet, Reba McIntyre or Usher? I can't wait to get the answer from our guy Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep it right here. It's the drive. He is the voice of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. With an iconic touchdown call that echoes throughout the kingdom. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. It's 4 o'clock on Monday, which means one thing. Mitch Holtis joins CDOT on the drive. Hey, how about those I am so excited to be joined by our next guest. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Centers. Mitch, yesterday, we're joined by Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. You had your Kobe Bryant picture. I know you've seen the picture of Kobe in the locker room. He's got the jacket and he's holding the trophy. You had your version of that yesterday after them winning the AFC championship. You have been... A constant for this team the entire way. This one has to feel a little bit more rewarding maybe than some of the other ones because there was a different level of doubt about this team than the other appearances that this team has made. This team never really hit its stride and started running, it felt like, like some of the other teams. This team lost to the Raiders a, a, a month and a half ago. And ever since then, they have locked in, they have figured out their formula, and they have regained their championship swagger. After that photo went up where I was in the hallway waiting to interview Patrick, and I had the trophy with me, and I just held it, and I had a moment. They took a photo of it. I didn't know they took a photo of it, but we put it on Twitter. But it was I was thinking of Lamar and Norma Hunt and what how they would have enjoyed that moment. And me holding that trophy with Lamar's name on it, Somebody put out also on Twitter slash X today something that actually made me weep. I mean, I, I got tears in my eyes because I don't know where they found it, but it was me signing off um, doing a, a Chiefs.com piece at the end of the Denver game when it was the lowest of lows. We lost 38-7 to to end the worst season in Chiefs history, and I just said, I'm living in the hope that there will be one day I'll do a report like this that, the Chiefs have won the AFC Championship and have the one seed. That was in 2012. Somebody put that up. I don't know where they found it. Now it's it's out there. Uh, you can find it and because it's being retweeted all over. But the point is, wow, you just kind of soak it in and take it. Uh, you don't take it for granted. You're right, though, about this trip. This trip to get to the Super Bowl is different than the others because, I mean, haters hate and doubters doubt. But this team able to rally, but to win in Buffalo – 
when Buffalo was thinking it was the biggest game they had had since the early 90s and Bruce Smith, okay? Um, then the it was the biggest game for Baltimore in a generation, maybe more than that. And we went into two places that were an absolute cauldron. Buffalo was on fire, and Buffalo and Baltimore was on fire. And to go to those two places and to win games uh, like the Chiefs won it and just slugged it out really is there's a sense of pride but also of like a miscalculation of the Chiefs that if that they can slug it out with the bully. They can take on the bully. And they did that in these last two games, especially yesterday. I could talk to you probably today for four hours because there are just so <laughs> many interesting things from the game. I got one more personal question before we get to the game. You are a person that studies and understands this game. You grew up watching the Steelers in the 70s. You grew up watching the 49ers in the 80s, the Cowboys of the 90s, and you called the games of the Patriots that over the last 20 years that they have been the best dynasty in the history of the league. What is it like now to be the voice of one of those teams? As this team is officially a dynasty, whether they lose or win this game, the fact that they have went to four Super Bowls over the last five years, they have been to six straight AFC championship games, just this run of dominance that they have had, Going to another Super Bowl, especially this year, to me, cements that they are a dynasty. What is it like to be the voice of that team? Honestly, it's made me appreciate the Patriots all the more from the standpoint that how hard it is to do to stay where the Chiefs have been under Andy Reid, especially and with Mahomes the last six years. Uh, I was talking to Ian Eagle about this before the game yesterday. I mean, we played 17 postseason games. That's seven total years in six Okay, but then to stay, everybody's shooting at you to have that dynamic dynamic and to be able to rise above it, uh, to overcome obstacles um, and to continue to do it on a consistent basis. There's no sense of hubris or uh, it's actually a little bit humbling, but it also shows you the importance, I think, of having experience in these biggest situations. I think I added up, but I put it on on social media. The first and second year players of this team, C dot, are fifty eight and zero in the playoffs. Think about that; they are fifty eight and zero. I'm talking the McDuffies and the Carloftises and this year's rookies. Overall, on this team right now, the Chiefs team that will get on the plane and fly to Las Vegas has three hundred and fifty three combined career playoff victories. Mahomes is fourteen and three. But you look at if Tooney can go, I mean, he's 15-3. and three. Uh, uh, There's 15 wins from, from Kelsey and others, but the playoff experience, successful playoff experience, I see it showing up the way it did for the Patriots when we were trying to knock them off. And it showed up yesterday. It was the key factor. The factor in that second half was the Chiefs had been there, done that, and succeeded at that level. Well, I thought the Ravens kind of gripped it and lost it. I thought yesterday that it was it was the perfect way for them to go to the Super Bowl. Yesterday was not perfect by any means. Like their offense left a lot of food on the table, but their offense did just enough. Their defense, you and I had this conversation earlier in the season that I thought that they maybe had the best unit in the NFL. Like if we went Miami offense, Miami defense, all 64 units, that the Chiefs maybe had the best unit in the league with their defense and they finally just didn't get in their own way with penalties, drops, and turnovers. They won the turnover differential this time. They didn't record a drop this year. 
Baltimore had 95 penalty yards. Kansas City had 30 penalty yards. When you combine all of those things up with that defense, that quarterback, and not shooting yourself in the foot, you can go on the road and you can beat any team in the league like we just saw Kansas City do yesterday. Yeah, ironically, the other two teams that would say to challenge you or, or me saying this is the best defense in the league would be San Francisco and Baltimore because they have comparable defenses and that Baltimore is a historic defense. But you bring up a point that I was kind of trying to make three or four weeks ago in that the Chiefs had the most drops, the most offensive holding calls. They were minus 11 in the giveaway takeaway and still won 11 games and still won the division for an eighth straight year. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. If they get those things cleaned up, there's enough concrete that was there to get you 11 wins overcoming all of those things because those other things add up to about 4-13. and 13. If those things get cleaned up, now you become a force because you have this concrete block setting there, which has been that defense and making opportunistic plays on offense. Now if you clean up the penalties, you don't drop the ball, you start taking the ball away, you get to this point. And that's why I think it's been a different path and, and I don't want to say a better path, but just different. What are you going to say about the Chiefs now? That they're not tough? They can't win on the road? They just won back-to-back in Buffalo and Baltimore. Name any team in this league that wants to take that on in back-to-back weeks in the postseason. This team just did it. And uh, that's what makes this run impressive and special. I saw a team, right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, I saw a team that has completely leaned into their formula, and I saw a team that abandoned their formula. I love Lamar Jackson. He is a dynamic player. If you have Lamar throw the ball 37 times, something has gone wrong for their offense. You can't have eight carries between Zay Flowers, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards. If Baltimore was going to win that game, they were going to win it off the strength of them running the football. And they just didn't really commit to trying to run the ball, where Kansas City ran it 32 times. Pacheco didn't have a great day on the ground, but they were just, we are going to give you carries. We're going to give you touches. You are one of our most important players. What I've seen the Chiefs do these last three weeks is they have really leaned into their big three. They have really leaned into Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey. And I saw a team in Baltimore that, for a team that has an offensive identity, they just didn't look like that yesterday. Goes back to my experience factor. They got down 14-7, to and it was like they felt like they were down 27-7. to You can be down seven points and just stay within yourself. And they started, like, chucking the ball deep, and the Chiefs got some excellent plays and some stops. And then when it was up two scores, they really got that way. Look at the way they started the second half. They're throwing these long go routes up in the boundary, and and Lamar Jackson's off, right? Uh, But the fact that 28 of those 53 guys for the Ravens got their first playoff win the week before against Houston, including Roquan Smith. And the Chiefs, as I just mentioned, um, had 300-plus playoff wins. That's where it shows up. Where you stay, you keep your poise when things go crazy. Roquan Smith couldn't. He blows up Trey Smith because he's mad. You get Zay Flowers, who has to taunt uh, Legereus Sneed, spin the ball in his face after the 54-yard catch. Only, what, the next player, too, to get stripped of the ball at the goal line. He's distraught. Well, dude, you just got in his face. It's the playoffs. And this guy's won Super Bowls, and he's going to take the ball away from you if he gets a chance. That was the difference in the game. And that's what I, going into the game, I, I listed all of the attributes of the Ravens. Best uh, defensive team in 54 years and takeaways and sacks and, and total defense. And the only 85 Bears and the, and the 72 Dolphins reached certain marks and the, and the Ravens had that. 
that they did not have the playoff experience in the AFC Championship game. And Lamar Jackson now faces the same challenge that Josh Allen faces, and that is they can't get over that hump. And that AFC Championship hump is a big one. Now, Mahomes blew through it uh, after 2018. But until you get past that mark, and Burrow's been past it, but he didn't win the Super Bowl, then you that's a, that's a big hill to climb. And Mahomes has climbed the hill, ran back down it, ran up again, and done it several times. Big difference. I want to give you – let's do the Patrick Mahomes stuff first because I want to give you the Travis Kelsey stats too. So Travis Kelsey has now played a full regular season games of Patrick Mahomes, and it's just – it's crazy. Let's do – I got the Travis Kelsey in the playoffs, you mean. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. In, a, in, in the playoffs, he has now played games. 17 games. Yep. In those 17 games, he has 133 catches – 1,516 yards and 18 touchdowns in 17 postseason games of Patrick Mahomes. That's not realistic. Like, that is a video game character in the postseason. He had a different energy. I heard you say it yesterday on the broadcast. Hey, I've never seen him. I I was picking up my food yesterday and heading home. Hey, I've never seen Kelsey this fired up for a game. He really set the tone, I thought, for the team and just, uh, hey, it is us against everybody else. And I thought the energy that he came out with, how physical he was in the game, how much of a nuisance he was, where, I mean, he basically goaded Kyle Van Noy into a personal foul penalty. I thought that Kelsey really, really set the tone for them in the first 10 minutes of the game. No stopping that dude yesterday. And it was like he had the fire of Zeus in his eyes. Uh, I've, I heard him. Uh, and I mean, he was animated and he was ready to go. Uh, and he, there was going to be no stopping that dude in that game. I think it goes back to the fact that he got that week of rest. Remember we had the talk about, Hey, he didn't go out there and get his record of the eight straight 1000 yard seasons. And even if you do go out there and get two catches, you still have to warm up. You still use up fuel. The fact that he could just back up and let that week fly was huge for him because it gave him this extra boost. Now he's into the momentum of that postseason. Um, and the key prepositional phrase of those stats that you read was in the postseason. To eclipse Jerry Rice is a big deal. But he's got he's he's got all the power he needs to thrust forward. And he was going to throw it all in that game because he knew, he knew what it was going to take to win in Baltimore, back-to-back weeks to win in Buffalo and Baltimore. And he uh, he brought that team on. The other thing I want to mention that gets easily overlooked in this discussion is the offensive line. Now, Allegretti stepped in yesterday and fought his tail off against Matabike, who had one play, as I recall. But Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Smith, and Taylor took the fight to the bully from the first snap. They did it against Buffalo, too. They are the guys. You said you go back, hey, they lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day. It was those guys on the Monday after the Raiders game that said, oh, that was a Monday. It was the Tuesday after the uh, Christmas Day game. They were embarrassed by that game, and they're like, no more. No more. They were like Kelsey yesterday at the beginning of this five-game winning streak. And this offensive line has played at another level. Have you seen false starts? No. In two of the places they should have had like four false starts. Concentration level high. Have you seen them get blown off the ball much? No. They get to the point where they frustrated the Ravens' defense and forced them and coerced them into big mistakes. That play by Roquan Smith, stupid. Giving us 15 easy yards? I mean, they're going to get the ball back. And and uh, it set up the MVS play uh, just because Roquan lost his cool and Trey Smith was just nailing him all day long. Right now, we're joined in studio by Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. So I gave you the Kelsey stats. Here's Mahomes. This is from Rich Eisen. 
He is the first quarterback to ever start four Super Bowls before turning 30. He is the third quarterback to start four Super Bowls in a five-season span, joining Tom Brady and Jim Kelly. His 14 playoff wins puts him behind only two quarterbacks, Brady or Montana. This is his fourth Super Bowl start. The only quarterbacks who have more Super Bowl starts are Tom Brady and John Elway. Like, it, it's we all know how great Patrick Mahomes is, but just... The fact that we saw Tom Brady for 20 years and we even get like a five-year break or a 10-year break. The fact that while Brady was still playing, there was this kid that was coming up that if you argue that Mahomes is the best quarterback that you've ever seen, that is not a bad take. Now, he obviously doesn't have the resume of Tom Brady. and That's going to take more time. And Brady put that together over 25 years of being a starting quarterback in the league. But if you said that Patrick Mahomes is the most talented and the best quarterback that you've ever seen, even though we have only seen six years as a starter, that is not the incorrect take to have when it comes to him. I can't think of another sport, another scenario, another situation where you could say that so quickly with the player. His 14 wins yesterday, 14 wins. First of all, he's 14 and three which is ridiculous, ties John Elway, Terry Bradshaw, and uh, Peyton Manning. And he's done it in his first six years as a QB1. His In this AFC Championship game, going back to the threshold of the hill to climb or to break through or to jump over, whatever you want to say, his QBR is like 111 in the AFC Championship game with 15 touchdowns and two picks. The fact that he's had, what, six straight postseason games without a pick is crazy. He goes to another level. The look in his eye yesterday was another level. He knew he was going up against a one of the best defenses maybe in a generation in the league, or at least statistically, and he relished the moment. And then everybody kind of rallies around him. They had a great game plan yesterday. Matt Nagy and coach and, and uh, right down the line, Girardi, all those guys uh, had, had an excellent game plan and kind of tweaked it a bit uh, to take advantage uh, of what they think they could do against or could do against that Baltimore defense, but they they just took it to them. They f- they threw the first punches, and Baltimore did not like it, and never really recovered uh, throughout the entire day. In fact, it affected their whole team. Yeah, I mean, I thought that first drive in which Kansas City ate up the nine minutes. I mean, it just really set the tone. Like I, I I opened the show with this earlier that I think the playoffs sort of force you to do something that you're uncomfortable with. Like you kind of have to overcome your fear. Like one of the criticism with Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy was that, hey, if you get San Francisco down, Purdy can't make plays down the field to beat you. Well, in order to go to the Super Bowl, they had to do that yesterday. That's been a criticism of um, Lamar Jackson that, hey, if you create this kind of style, I mean, the criticism with Kansas City was and Josh Allen yeah, was, was can you play a clean game no. yesterday in order to win that game? You had to play a clean game. And for so much over the regular season, whether it was Detroit, Philadelphia, Green Bay, the Chiefs had been the team that made the mistake at the end that caused them to lose. They allowed Baltimore to do that this time, whether it was the Zay Flowers taunting the Zay Flowers penalty, the Zay Flowers fumble. Baltimore just made plays over the course of the day that in the end, you can't blame the officials, can't blame any of that. Like, you lost that football game. Or Roquan Smith, just mean machine, a longest yard running over Trey Smith at, at the critical point of the game. Like, I mean, that's just losing your poise. I thought to get touchdowns on those first two drives against a team that had only been given up 16 points a game, and now they're going, we give up 14 on the first two drives and 17 and a half? That, I mean, that just that just wrecked their psyche and uh, threw them completely off kilter, including their coaching staff. 
well, you're not 17 to 7. That doesn't mean you don't stop running the ball. It's like they forgot they had Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and the best running quarterback in the league. The, the only one design run, I was asking Dana about this on postgame, it was the fourth and one play where he runs for mm-hmm. 20, 21 yards. That's it. There was no quarterback power, not the stuff I watched on video against Houston. It's like they just kind of lost it, and the Chiefs put him in that spot. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. How poetic was it that MVS was the wide receiver that made the big play to, to seal the win? Of, of the whole season, the wide receiver <laughs> who has probably taken the most grief has been MVS. How poetic was it that he was the one that made the play? And, and I said it when I called it, it it's, it's just like his catch in the end zone against Cincinnati last year in the AFC Championship game on right cheek, left cheek, right? It was on his butt. He, he made the catch. But it was like, I am not going to drop this ball. I've got Mollett beat by five yards. Here it comes. And if you watch the video, he's like going to use his, his 10 toes to catch it as well. He wasn't going to drop that ball and cradle it. Um, but, yeah, there was some real poetic uh, poetry there. But th- this game was full of poetry. Sneed getting burned in the 54-yarder. Gets taunt. Knocks it away from Flowers. That's poetic. Nick Allegretti. Coming in of like, oh, we're going to get Nick Allegretti. We'll put Matabiki over him and just destroy him. Nope, that didn't work either. Deion Bush, a guy who had been, well, he played some for the Bears on defense, but mostly he's been a special teams dude. And he makes the interception in the end zone. That's poetry. Uh, we don't mention Butker. Butker ties Adam Vinatieri yesterday with his fifth 50-plus-yard fifth plus yard field goal in the postseason. Adam Vinatieri, it's the all-time NFL postseason record, and Butts got it tied with Vinatieri, and he nails a 52-yarder that puts him up two possessions, and I'm telling you, that got into the psyche of the Ravens. They go into to ha- halftime thinking we're down two possessions, and the Chiefs get the ball. I'm get, telling you, that just that just threw them off. I'll get you out of here with these last two questions. Charles Amenahu tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Who are you counting on to step in for him? I mean, he maybe has the forgotten defensive play in that game because of when it happened. You know, the forced fumble, the strip yep. sack. He has been a man on fire these last, like, three months or so. He's been their second defensive lineman, I would argue, behind Chris Jones. And I know Karloftis has been really good. But, I mean, those three guys have just played at such a high level. Who are you anticipating stepping in for Amenahu? Well, let's just talk about Amenahu first and foremost because I'm heartsick over it because in talking to him over the we throughout the course of the year, CDOT, he's so excited to be in the Chiefs' kingdom. He, he, he's wanted to be in this culture. He's here, and he's loving it. And he was loving going into the postseason. And he's going to play the 49ers. This is his old team, right? Prior to, he had Houston prior to that. And now he's not going to get to play it. The other thing about playoff runs is when you get injuries like this in playoff runs, it affects the next season. Like his, this is a January 28th injury that he's got. And think of Juan Thornhill. Remember, he got hurt at the end of the 19 season. And he really didn't get up and cooking again until 21. So hopefully Charles can come back. But you're looking midseason for him to be an effect, uh, effective next year. To answer your question, it can be a combination of a lot of things. And that's the way Spags does it. It's never an apples-to-apples apples answer. Um, I look for Felix and Udike Uzama to be up this week. But... Herring's been playing. Chris Jones might play more on the outside. We've seen Chris play on the outside shoulder, uh, and he can do that with no issue. But then you've got to be stout on the inside. That's where Big Mike Pinnell's been great. And losing Nottingham out of IR is not good either, especially against a team that can run it well like like you can with with McCaffrey. But 
it'll be a different, it'll be a, a combination of things on the outside. It won't be a one for one for Charles. And you hope, you, but what you lose with Charles is the wingspan. He's got the Chris Jones wingspan, seven foot wingspan. That play he hacks it out uh, from Jackson yesterday was a big part of that big old arm coming in there. Um, and you and you will miss that, but but Spags will figure it out. I don't know how much like ribbing goes on between like the voices of these teams, but if you could tell the Raiders' voice that you were going to call a postseason game in Allegiant Stadium before he will, that would really warm my heart. You got to tell him that. You know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Uh, maybe I'll bring Justin Tucker along and he can put the T up uh, to kick. I saw that, that, that nonsense. What he's stretching in there. It's like you having a party to watch the Super Bowl and your neighbor shows up to do Pilates in the middle of your living. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, get out. is this trash day? Like, go go to your go to somewhere else. Yes, kickers warm up or kickers kick on the other side of the field sometime because uh, you you can't kick on just the fifty yards you've got. But you don't do it where Mahomes is. Where he's going. I always do this. I've done this for twelve years, dude. Move it over. It actually can, seemed like it fired Kelsey up more than it fired uh, Patrick. Well, Kelsey no, seemed mad by it. No, Kelsey was the big brother walking with Patrick. Oh, is this the bully at the end of the street? The Ravens. No, they ain't taking your lunch money today. And I know it's the kicker, but don't don't put your tee right in front of where Mahomes is doing his drops. So that was Kelsey all the way, though, man. That was early in the morning until the end of that game. It was like. Don't put your helmet and tee in front of my quarterback. What's it like to call the Super Bowl? Uh, nothing like it. And you, and, you, and you, I'm trying not to be numb to it. And here's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my answer. You really are calling two games at once. Um, you're going to get food. You're listening. But I'm really doing it for posterity. I'm. At, I feel like I'm narrating some documentary that'll be heard by your children. 30 years from now, you want every call to be perfect. It's the Damian Williams run to immortality. Um, it's the Kansas city. You've got a champion on the, on the pick by uh, Kendall Fuller. And uh, in, you know, in last year's game, uh, when you think about the like the seminal moments at the end of that game, it's the Mahomes scramble with in excruciating pain, basically on one leg, trying to drag it to get close enough for the field goal. Uh, It's the call of McKinnon going down with the most unselfish play you'll ever see uh, in professional sports to go down at the one because in the stat sheet, he won't show up. But in hearts and people who remember, um, it's the Bolton scoop and score. Those are historic moments. You're calling history as much as you're calling a game. You really have to train your mind, body, and soul to do it different than any other game you do because of that. That is Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us in studio. Mitch, this is the last time that I'm going to see you until the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions against the San Francisco 49ers, man. I appreciate your time. I'll see you in the parade, somewhere along the parade route, hopefully. Can I be on your float? I, I yeah. told Rob, I am going to – I should have been in the last one. I text the mayor. He was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then the day of, he stopped replying to me. I would love to be in the parade. I'm with Casey Wolf, man. Our pickup's full. That's we got, fine. Oh, so, I'm with Casey Wolf on the back of a pickup. I'll walk. I, I don't need to ride on the trail. I jump I'll in and out. I jump in <laughs> yeah, and out. I'll do that. Yeah, I don't mind doing that. Man, I still see that in my mind, that first parade of coming over the hill on Grand Avenue, and all you see are thousands and thousands and thousands of people having the best day of their lives. And you see every race, creed, and color, farmers hugging third-shift workers. There's no political crap. There's no... 
nothing but just joy, great joy, and, and unifying joy. And I, I will see that as long as the Lord gives me oxygen on this earth, is coming over that hill in the pickup with KC Wolf and seeing just an amazing sight that you only dream of as a kid, and I've seen it twice. And I want to see it a third time. That is Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us in studio. Mitch, safe travels to Las Vegas, man. Bring us back another Lombardi trophy. Let's go. Let's do it. Coming up on the other side, let's talk about the greatness, which is Patrick Mahomes. That's coming up. Keep it right here. So drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm going to tell you guys a story. I know you guys love my NBA comparisons, but I think you guys will really like this one. I remember the first time that I ever saw LeBron James play basketball. Rob, you remember that up to this point, ESPN really didn't show high school basketball games. It was a really big deal that they decided to show one of LeBron's games. They were putting it on a Thursday at 7 o'clock. And you had heard so much about this player that you wanted to see it for yourself. And I remember he made this pass and the excitement that Dick Vitale had. And Dick Vitale really wanted to call LeBron Magic Johnson. But, like, didn't want to go to the extreme because he was 17 years old. Well, I think we've now seen that that wasn't enough. That we were watching a basketball prodigy. But even for LeBron, it took him nine seasons until he won his first championship. And he was incredible in Cleveland. From basically the word go, he was amazing. It took him a while to win his first championship. What I am seeing from Mahomes is maybe the greatest like display of individual excellence that I think we've seen since Tiger Woods. Like Tiger, you didn't even have to really understand or know golf. But you just knew that what you were watching was different than everybody else. We have seen a lot of amazing quarterbacks over the last 30 years or so. Like, I'm 35 years old. I've got a chance to see a lot of the greats. We've seen Tom Brady's entire career. We've seen Peyton Manning's entire career. We've seen Drew Brees. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. We have seen a lot of other great players. What he's been able to accomplish at this stage in his career is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. Rob, he's never, when has he been down? Like you could find like a month, you know, there was like a month in October, a couple years ago, where just everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Chiefs. Or it's like an individual game or a moment. But they always snap out of it, and they always figure it out. One thing that has like always stood out to me in talking to Rex Hudler over the years is that HUD played Major League Baseball for 10 years. HUD talks about some baseball players different than the other ones. The next time you hear HUD talk, and you hear him talk about Ozzie Smith, he talks about 
him differently than he talks about other players. He talks about Bo's athleticism differently than other players. Randy Johnson, like even somebody who made it to the highest level of the of your sport that you could. And I know HUD wasn't an all-star player, but you played 10 years of Major League Baseball. You're pretty damn good at baseball. That even you can't acknowledge that there is a difference amongst players. And that person walks along and plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like over the course of the last like three, four years, like text line, we can let's have an honest conversation. I would say that you guys put down other quarterbacks because they don't hold a candle to Mahomes. Hey, Joe Burrow, what has he done? Josh Allen, what has he done? Lamar Jackson, what has he done? Like you guys don't really like any other quarterback in the league because your quarterback is an anomaly. The only comparison in the history of the National Football League to what you were seeing from Patrick Mahomes is Tom Brady. Not Joe Montana, not Peyton Manning, not Roger Staubach, not Terry Bradshaw. I mean, maybe someone will argue Otto Graham or Johnny Unitas. If we got to argue pre-I have a dream speech, I feel like you understand the point I'm making. There is no comparison. Most players... Have a Lamar Jackson moment yesterday. Most players. You guys love Joel Embiid. NBA MVP. That's how he played last year in the postseason. James Harden. Incredible. We've seen his playoff displays. What Lamar Jackson did is actually kind of normal. It's really, really hard to be a champion. It's really hard to dominate a sport. It's really hard. To be on top. The Chiefs just have a player that makes it look so incredibly easy. And I know we say that we should appreciate this and don't take this for granted. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you to acknowledge that the Chiefs, they don't just have a great player. They have a unicorn. They have Messi on their team. They have Cristiano Ronaldo on their team. Michael Phelps plays on their team. Lance, well, maybe not Lance Armstrong. You know, he was cheating. That's the level of athlete that they, they don't just have a regular great quarterback. Baltimore has a great quarterback. Buffalo has a great quarterback. Cincinnati has a great quarterback. They don't have Michael Jordan on their team, though. They got Penny Hardaway on their team. Great player, all-time great player. So that's maybe the thing today that, Like, I know we're going to say, oh, you got to appreciate the run. I I think you all understand and appreciate the run, especially if you have been a Chiefs fan for a while. And you understand that this doesn't last forever. All things end. The Patriots run in. We saw it. The Cowboys run in. We saw it. The night, like, runs end. You understand that. You understand how special and unique this is. You sat out there for the Lynn Elliott game. You were just outside in the freezing temperatures two weeks ago to watch this team play. I think you guys understand and appreciate how great the Chiefs are. I think even one step further, that even with all the superlatives for Mahomes, I don't know if people just have the historical comparison for how this amount of success at this stage in your career, how abnormal it is. And how nobody else other than Tom Brady can say this. Not Montana, 
not Manning, nobody. They've been in the Super Bowl for the last five years. They've never lost. It's just, it it is mind-blowing what they have been able to accomplish as a team. And I think what makes this one even more special is they weren't supposed to do it this year. This year is more improbable than last year to me. And last year, the fact that they did it minus Tyreek Hill is still kind of crazy to me. The fact that they did it with Travis Kelsey, an unknown seventh-round running back at the point. I know we like now we know who Isaiah Pacheco is. A lot of people didn't know who he was last year. Juju Smith-Schuster and a bunch of other people. And they did it with like a relatively average defense last year. But even one like this one. This wasn't the one you were supposed to get. This was the down year. This was Josh Allen's turn. This was Lamar Jackson's turn. And like a spoiled child, Patrick Mahomes snatched it away from him like he has done in each of the last six years. Think about what it has taken to beat Patrick Mahomes in the first six years of his career. It has taken the worst half of football that he has played since he has been the starting quarterback. It has taken Tom Brady and unprecedented offensive line injuries to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And you want me to think that Brock Purdy in San Francisco who is just down 17 points to the Detroit Lions that they're beating them in two weeks? Okay. Good luck. We still got some time. We'll take some phone calls here. 913-586-7610. 913-586-7610. We'll get to the hits coming up at the top of the hour. We're celebrating the Chiefs. They're heading to another Super Bowl. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's George Carlotis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. If you want to call in, now is the perfect time to do so. 913-586-7610. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you making us a part of your Red Monday. Um, You know, I'm going to save a Chiefs thought for the top of the hour. I just have one question before we get to your phone calls. Rob, really quickly before you answer this phone call. On a scale from 1 to 10, how tired are you of that Apple wall charger commercial because it's at a 13 for me. I mean, all the complaining people have done about Taylor Swift. She hasn't been on television nearly as much as that Apple TV commercial with the wall charger singing. I'm tired. When, when you, whenever you start to memorize the commercials, you know that hey, you've been watching too much TV or they've been showing it too much. Every commercial break. Every commercial break is Patrick, Travis Kelsey, or the singing wall charger. And I, I can't I, I can't do it anymore. I'm so happy that I don't think we're going to see that during the Super Bowl. We're going to get new, fresh commercials. Just new. Someone said, Carrington, I like the commercial. I did, too. The first time I've heard it, I've now seen it 317 times over the last three weeks. I don't want to see it anymore. There's a there's a lot of bad ones. Like, we we got in a rut right now. Maybe it's because we watch so much football, but we need the Super Bowl commercials bad. I just bad. need I, I just need a fresh pack. You know, I just mm-hmm. need to click refresh. 
We just need some new commercials. You know, hey, show me the trailer to a Marvel movie that's going to flop in its second week. You know, give me something. I need something new. What's the new television show that I'm not going to watch coming to the spring on Fox? What is that show? Please, let's stop showing this. Please, let's stop. Someone said every commercial break for 610 talks about Daisy Sour Cream. Well, that's different. It's because those are elite dips. That's different. Come on now. Calm down. (laughs) Relax, okay? Relax. You've taken it too far. That's the thing. I give you guys a little bit and you take it too far. Shout out to Daisy Dip. I just want to go and tell you to just go ahead and get it. See that? Why are you hating? I love that commercial. I I don't have a problem. I just I don't want to see the commercial anymore. I got it. Your new phone it doesn't need to charge until then. Your next phone comes out, and then that phone will need all the charging in the world. What's worse, that or the wave of commercial gets a March Madness where it's Charles Barkley for Capital One day after day after day. I kind of like the Charles Barkley oh, commercials. God. I can't lie. I kind of like them. I kind of like them. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm it's a the fan same commercial on every game you watch. Let me flip to True TV. There's that commercial. Let me trip to CBS. There's that commercial. TNT, TBS. I mean, that's how I know it's March Madness. I know it's March Madness when I see Samuel L. Jackson, Spike Lee, and Charles Barkley. That's when I know. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's take these two phone calls, and then we'll get back to very serious Chiefs things. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, I and I have to actually, you know, work. So I didn't. I just got turned on here. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but I think how important it is for the Chiefs how deep this team is and the guys that are coming off the bench and making plays offensively and defensively, but mostly on the defensive side. How important do you guys think that is for guys like Deion Bush playing three snaps and getting an interception? I appreciate the phone call, Brad. Thanks a lot. Do you think Brad was throwing shade at us when he was like, I actually had to work? Like, I'm working too. I'm at work. Do you think Brad was throwing shade at us? That that was a weird shot by Brad. I didn't know if he was throwing a shade. I didn't know if that's what you thought he was doing. It felt kind of shady. Like, oh, I wasn't listening because I actually have to work. What do you think I'm doing? Maybe Brad's office, a lot of people call out because of the party. Okay, I didn't know. That's possible. Yeah, I just didn't know. The Monday after the Super Bowl, people were always sick. And that happened after the AFC title game. I don't know. One of my friends, people at her job, they've already just, they got, they're starting to get ahead of it now, and they just go ahead and call off on that one time. No, the Chiefs have been incredibly deep. I just, I thought, I thought Brad was throwing a little shade. So the shade made me not want to answer the question as much. It felt kind of shady. And also the phrasing I didn't like. I just got turned on. (laughs) What are you doing? What's happening in your car, sir? Yeah, you telling me you've been in the car and you were, what would you listen to? It better have been us. You know what? Brad, call back. Can we, let, let, can we give Brad a pizza? We're giving out a record today how many pizzas we're giving away. Let's give Brad a pizza. Call back, Brad. I'm going to give you a pizza. Matt in the OP, how are you doing? I might give you a pizza too. We'll see. MIZ, baby. You know what? Stay on hold afterwards. I'll give you a pizza, my man. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, that's fair. I think uh, Brock Purdy is going to be shooked and cooked. He's a baby. He ain't going to make it. We got it. We got it. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll make sure you get a pizza, my man. I'll make sure you get a pizza. I'm still feeling away about Brad. I felt like he was throwing a lot of low-key shade at me. I didn't like the way that it made me feel. It made me feel bad. 
Someone said, CDOT, are you more tired of them or the gambling commercials every two? I mean, it's it's close. It's a it's a 1A, 1B. I mean, every commercial break, they are trying to tell you to sign up for something. Every single one. I just can't. I can't do the Apple commercial anymore. I really can't. I want it to go away. Immediately, I would like for it to go away. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to regroup. We're going to get back to very serious football things coming up at the top of the hour. The Chiefs, they are going to the Super Bowl. I do want you to continue to call in. We're going to, we're taking calls today, and I want you to tell Rob that he's a loser because Rob has been pessimistic about the Chiefs for about six to eight weeks now. He has given the Chiefs no chance. He has had no hope for the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite all of my stats, all the numbers, he has not given the Chiefs a single chance. But me, I stood alone. I never wavered off the Chiefs. Just me and me alone. The whole city was ready to turn their back on the Chiefs. But me, I stand alone. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get to the hits. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is the drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6th and Sports.com, and the Odyssey app. All right, this is what we're going to do for the 5 o'clock hour. I can't promise you that we're going to take calls every day for the last two weeks. But I can promise you that we are going to take calls here for these next few days. Because this week to me is about celebration. Next week we will have as normal of a week that we can have. I don't really like all the Super Bowl hoopla. Like I'm not interested in wasting you guys time on Super Bowl week to have somebody on to pimp avocado dip. That's it's the chiefs are in the super bowl. We're talking about the game next week and how they beat the San Francisco 49ers. But this week you can celebrate. You can take a victory lap around the NFL. This wasn't the super bowl that you were supposed to go to. Not with that offense, not with how inconsistent they were, not with that wide receiver room. This was Josh Allen's year. This was Lamar Jackson's year. Cincinnati was finally going to get an opportunity. And here we sit once again in the AFC and the Kansas city chiefs are representing the AFC in the super bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. As much as things have changed over the last four years in our life, it is still the exact same as it was in February of 2020, at least with the Kansas city chiefs and their dominance in the AFC. Before we get to that point I want to tell you guys like a couple I guess my thoughts about the game my biggest thought from yesterday's game is they were right I understand why at times it was really hard to trust and believe them but they were right it was almost like they were handed an official statement to give from Andy Reid and Clark Hunt like I'm going to play you this audio from Travis Kelsey on his New Heights podcast This was in mid-December. This was on the 13th of December. So this is before they even lost to the Raiders. And it was the same rhetoric, the same tone. And now that we can look back, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, when they kept saying, we're going to fix it, we're going to fix it. No, we don't need to add to this wide receiver room. Hey, we're fine. When people like me were screaming at the deadline to make a move, make a move, make a move, you got to make a move. 
The Chiefs continued to stay steadfast. They trusted their process. And in the end, they are the last one standings in the AFC. And now they are 60 minutes away from hosting another parade in downtown Kansas City. Here was Travis Kelsey about 45 days ago on his podcast. This is a group effort. And when you turn the film on, what's real is that we got guys that can play this game. And we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with. I know it. I've been on championship caliber teams. When you watch the film, penalties in critical moments, turnovers in critical moments, and it's everybody. It's not one guy. It's everybody's getting a piece of the pie. And yeah, it's frustrating. But at the same time, we know it's a lot of it is self-inflicted. And we know that, you know, moving forward, it can be fixed. And we have the guys to be able to get it fixed. And it kind of sounds like a broken record at this point, but I don't, I don't give a damn. It's what it's my, it's my livelihood. It's to to keep this kind of mentality uh, throughout the season. We're eight and five amongst the top of the AFC, and this year we're we're battling our tail off, and we're figuring out what kind of team we are in a different way than we have in the past. All this that I hear in the media right now about who the Chiefs are, it's it's only building that beast that uh, that we've been trying to create this entire year, and it's it's. It's only going to keep making us better and better uh, going through these these learning experiences and going through these tough games. That was Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast back on December 13th. Now, I know that some of you have this kid because I was that kid, and I know I wasn't alone. Some of you have like a really talented 15 or 16-year-old son or daughter, and they could get straight A's if they want to, but they just don't apply themselves. And you know, if they could just put their mind to it and apply themselves, they could do anything that they want to do. That's how the Chiefs played for most of the regular season. This team is really not much different than they were six, seven weeks ago. They finally just got out of their own way. Yesterday was not perfect by any means. The Chiefs' offense was inconsistent. They had another penalty that took a touchdown off the board. Like the Chiefs did things to lose the game yesterday. But you know what Kansas City finally did in a game that really, really mattered? They didn't turn the football over yesterday. Baltimore turned it over three times. You were plus three in the turnover differential. I told you guys at the very beginning of the postseason, If you are plus one in the turnover differential, you win 68% of the games. If you are plus two, you win 81% of the games. If you are plus three, you win 90% of the NFL games that you are in. I don't care what else you do well. You can outrun the other team. You can outthrow the other team. You can be tougher and more physical. If you turn the football over, you are not beating people. You certainly are not beating good teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. Baltimore was minus three in the turnover differential. Kansas City forced three turnovers. They had two interceptions of Lamar and forced a fumble. It's difficult to overcome those. And then you had the fumble by Zay Flowers. Just bad football from the Ravens yesterday. I have been screaming. You have been screaming for the Chiefs to have a commitment to running the football. They ran the ball yesterday with Isaiah Pacheco. It didn't always work yesterday. Isaiah Pacheco had 24 carries and had 64 yards rushing yesterday. It's not like they were gashing the Ravens for five, six, seven yards a pop, and it was unstoppable. But you know what they did? They stayed with it. They were consistent. They controlled the time of possession. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They kept that Baltimore defense on the field. 
And through being on the field, you know what Baltimore's defense did? They made mistakes. At one point, one of the guys clotheslined Patrick Mahomes. They then got a really silly, unnecessary roughness penalty where Roquan Smith basically just knocked over Trey Smith. They ran the football and they stuck with it even if it didn't work early in the game. They didn't turn the football over. Yesterday was the first game this season in which the Chiefs didn't have a drop. They've been dropping balls left and right. They finally didn't drop it. They were one of the most penalized teams in the league. They had three penalties for 30 yards. Baltimore had eight penalties for 95 yards yesterday. You were the more disciplined team. You didn't make the mistakes that Baltimore made, and you won the football game yesterday. It's like when you tell your kid to study really hard for a test, and like, uh, you're like, hey, just trust me. If you study really hard for the test, Trust me, it'll work. And then your kid's like, look, I got an A. And then you show them, this is what I've been telling you this entire year. You always had this ability. All you had to do was apply yourself. The Chiefs were right. All of the answers to everything that they needed were in that building this entire time. And for the first time this season in a major football game, they made the big-time drop late. They forced the big-time penalty late. They stayed to their formula and got the team out of their formula. Kansas City stuck with the run game yesterday, even though it didn't work. Baltimore was the team that ejected too early from the run game. They ran one design run with Lamar Jackson yesterday. They got eight carries from their wide receivers and their running back. Baltimore was the team that abandoned the run early. Almost everything that we got frustrated with about the Chiefs and how they lost games this season, it was like they transferred all of that yesterday to Baltimore. And Baltimore was the team that did those things to lose yesterday. The Chiefs get this week to celebrate. And they get this week to say, look, we told you. There's no hole you can poke in that game yesterday. I will not listen to anybody who is complaining about the officiating or that. No, stop it. The Chiefs outplayed the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. They were the more banged up team. They were on the road yesterday, and they beat the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. I don't want to hear about the officiating when they could have called a safety as Chris Jones got tripped in the end zone. I don't want to hear about the officiating when they called a questionable call to reverse a touchdown for the second time this postseason on Rasheed Rice. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any of that. Oh, it was fixed. I told you. Stop it. If you say that to me, I don't, I know not to talk to, about football with you ever again. I know that you are not somebody that we should be talking about the NFL because it's nonsense. Your team just got beat yesterday. That's It's simple and plain. They just got beat yesterday. Now, Rob, I'm not going to get you today. But I want you to know, as the same way that our playoff journey started at Cinderblock, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl that Friday, it will not be good for you, my friend. We are having people come to the Cinderblock. They are going to be able to throw pies at you. That's simple. They're going to be able to throw pies at you. You've earned that this postseason with your gosh darn negativity constantly. I told you this whole time what I gave you the formula. I gave you two formulas this postseason. Did I not? 
I know it. I heard myself say it. Run the football. Control the line of scrimmage. Stop turning the ball over. I said it. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everybody else. They finally did all of those things. They did it for three straight games. Look, it worked. They quit throwing the ball nine times to Justin Watson, and they gave those targets to Travis Kelsey. It worked. They ran the football with Isaiah Pacheco. Look, you control time of possession. It worked. So, you know what? It's not just that they were right. It's everybody was right. Whatever you were frustrated about with the Chiefs and what they weren't doing during the regular season, you were right. And they were also right. They were right that they were going to fix it. And we were right in saying, hey, what you guys are doing isn't good enough. This is what you should be doing. Because all of the suggestions that people gave over the course of the regular season, when the Chiefs finally applied and did those things, it worked. I mean, hand raised. I was wrong. There's no way around it. Simple as that. I was way off. I felt like the Chiefs' deficiencies would eventually handcuff them from winning a Super Bowl. Little of winning, being in the Super Bowl. That's how I felt. I didn't know that it was as simple as, hey, stop doing these things, and they would just stop. But they did. The turnover problem, the last three games of the year, against two of the better teams in the NFL, just disappeared. Not a problem anymore. Penalties, which were a constant source of problems. Jawan Taylor, even you were saying it. Jawan Taylor's going to have a costly penalty in the playoffs. Not really. The Ravens yesterday were the far more penalized team. They just, I didn't anticipate they would go from dropsies, penalties, and turnovers to clean football because the calendar changed. But I was wrong. And they did. And they are in the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is different. Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is an alien. He is just a different level. I've seen the stats across social media. His regular seasons, he's good. He won MVP twice. But in the postseason, he just, something happens in his brain where he becomes near unstoppable. And we saw it yesterday against the Ravens. And they've played clean football because he's played clean football. And Steve Spagnuolo, man, I, there's not enough nice things to say about him. He made Todd Munkin look horrible yesterday. You know how Todd Munkin embarrassed TCU in the national title game? That's what Steve Spagnuolo did to Todd Munkin yesterday. The MVP and the best offense in the NFL stunk it up for 60 minutes. Had some of the worst turnovers I've seen in the NFL. That's a testament to Spags. So you know what? Hand raised. Rob was wrong. I deserve the criticism. I deserve the hate. I picked against him, and I have to hold that L. They have played flawless or near flawless football this postseason, and Outside of superstitions, which now the city wants me to pick against them for superstition yeah, reasons. Of well, I hope you do it. Obviously, that's the only reason. I don't see a path for Bush Lightboy to be, beat the alien. I just don't. <laughs> I don't see it happening. All right, so this is what we'll do. For the rest of the way, we'll take phone calls, 913-586-7610. I'll talk a little bit. You guys will talk a little bit. Let's try to minimize Rob talking a lot today because I don't know if Rob, I don't know if the Rob deserves to chime in a whole lot today because of how negative he was about the Chiefs. Before we take phone calls, and if you want to call, now's the time to do so, 913-586-7610. I just want to pass this PSA to everybody. I just want to pass this. Two texts. CDOT, how involved do you think Kadarius Tony will be in the Super Bowl? CDOT, have you seen Kadarius Tony's IG post? Do you think he will play next week? 
I want you guys to really hear this. Kadarius Toney has 169 yards receiving this year. 169. He has less than 200 yards from scrimmage. I don't care. Like, I don't say that disrespectfully. I just don't care. Kadarius Toney has 30 yards receiving since Thanksgiving for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has 30. If you want me to add his rushing yards, I add another 22. He has 52 yards from scrimmage since Thanksgiving. I don't care what happens with Kadarius Toney. I really don't. I don't. I don't think he matters in the game. I don't think the Chiefs need him to win the game. I I don't care. I really don't. Respectfully. I will say this before we take this phone call. If you want to chime in, you can do so. I will say this that I think is actually kind of wild. Think about how these two teams handled wide receivers this year. Baltimore drafted a wide receiver in round one in Zay Flowers, and they also spent a significant amount of money on Odo Beckham. Who made the most costly play for the Ravens yesterday? It was Zay Flowers. Odo Beckham did not have a catch until the middle of the fourth quarter. He was a non-factor in the game yesterday. One team spent a lot of resources on wide receiver this year, and their wide receivers in the most important game let them down. Baltimore maybe wins yesterday if they score a touchdown on that Zay Flowers play. I know Chiefs still have the lead. A lot can happen. They got a big pass play. I mean, in a... Five-minute real-time stretch. Baltimore got their second biggest play of the game. They then had another big catch. Zay Flowers fumbles it at the one-yard line. Chiefs recover, and Zay Flowers busts his hand open in a five-minute stretch. I mean, it was a life-comes-at-you-fast moment for somebody who made a catch in a game down 10 and then tried to walk over Snead like he was Allen Iverson in game one of the NBA Finals. It was ridiculous. And I'm usually not the, hey, let's not call a flag for taunting, let guys show emotion. Bro, you put a lot of sauce on it. He stood over him, looked down, spun the ball, tried to walk over him, was talking like, all right, all right, let's come on now, calm down. And then on the Kansas City side, The wide receiver who was the most maligned wide receiver that they had was MVS. I think their offense, you can maybe give their offense a C-plus yesterday. Their offense was not great yesterday. They just have the best defense in the National Football League. Their offense was not great. You know what they needed? They needed their superstar quarterback to make one play in the fourth quarter. And you know what? If that's all you need Mahomes to do, oh, I got you. And ironically enough, In poetic justice, it went to the most maligned player on their team. was MVS who made the biggest catch of the game. I mean, do you have a friend that just like all the good things in life always seem to happen to him? You're like, man, yo, how did that, how? How do you always find yourself in this scenario? That's how the Chiefs are. Like, how? You're telling me that after all the conversations we had this year about drops and wide receivers, They then get a big catch from the wide receiver that if we had did a month ago, hey, who do you want off the team? MVS would have been the number one overall pick. You remember how how bad he got booed at Arrowhead a couple of weeks ago? I mean, the boos came from the skies. Boo. 
and he makes the biggest play of the game, just that's how this run has gone for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's take you guys' phone calls. 913-586-7610. Rick, you called into the show. Hey, Rick, how you doing, my man? I am terrific. Thank you so much. I uh, I love your point of view, as always. I really do appreciate it. I was so happy for MVS. I, I mean, this guy um, just uh, just equal, just absolutely offset all the wrongs that he did uh, before. I wanted to point out something you, uh, you you touched on, which is the Flowers fumble on the one and how that mirrored McCole Hardman's similar play, the fumble on the one. And I'll tell you, when we get to the when we get to the playoffs over the last four or five seasons, the Chiefs have just understood. And that is the difference. That is the difference between a, a Super Bowl caliber team and a team that has all the talent and on paper probably should have won that game. I have great respect for Lamar Jackson. How hard was it to get that guy on the ground? How many times would you know, would we have him in the grass and he squirts away? One time he throws for a touchdown. I don't think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl with 17 points. Uh, our defense is awesome uh, this year. San Francisco's defense is awesome. I think McCaffrey is real. Uh, I think the real difference is going to be, and I'll take, I'll take your comments off the air, it's the alien. You have it right. Patrick Mahomes is just different in the playoffs. He's just different in the Super Bowl. And I love the Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant two years ago story, but I'm afraid that Cinderella's carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin because he cannot he cannot stay on the same plane as Patrick Mahomes. And I'll take it off the air. Thank Rick, you. no problem. I appreciate the phone call, man. I think the key to yesterday's game, I think the key yesterday was I thought Kansas City stayed with their formula and continued to run the football and continued to get the ball in the hands of their three most important playmakers. They won that game yesterday because of their playmakers. Sneed, Jones, Aminahu, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco. They let their stars be stars yesterday. Where I thought that Baltimore, who had got here by running the ball better, and more than any team in the National Football League, I think that the Chiefs flustered them. I think that first drive in which they went down the field in nine minutes and put together one of the most impressive drives of the Mahomes era, I think that that had them a little discombobulated, and they never found an offensive rhythm. It makes no sense to me to have Lamar Jackson as your starting quarterback and only call one design run. makes no sense to me. They called four last week against Houston. I thought that Kansas City was the team that best executed their game plan. And for the first time this season, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, that defined the regular season, whether it was the Lions game, the Eagles game, the Packers game, the build the first Bills game. This team shot themselves in the foot against good football teams every single step of the way. And I think all of us knew, hey, if you could just clean up some of this, you don't have to play perfect. If you clean up some of this, then you guys can still make a run. They won the turnover differential in the AFC playoffs, and their defense continued to be phenomenal. And their quarterback didn't turn the football over once in this playoff run and made the plays when needed, as he always does. This was the definition of a total team effort. Offense, defense, special teams with Harrison Bucker, they have played They have played as well as this version of the Chiefs. It's not going to be as dominating and overpowering as years past, but it is equally as effective. And I've thought this for a while, but the Chiefs have the best unit in the National Football League. The best unit is Kansas City's defense. 
it was not Miami's offense or Baltimore's offense or San Francisco's offense or the the best unit in the NFL was Kansas City's defense. They proved that time and time again. I don't care about the metrics or pro football focus or some chart with dots with logos on it. I don't care about any of that. We watch these games. I saw what their defense did against Miami. I saw what their defense did against Buffalo in the fourth quarter. I saw what they did yesterday against the MVP of the league. I saw what they did against the Lions in the first game of the year. The Lions, who had a phenomenal offense, they scored 14 points against this team. Every single week, this defense stepped up and answered the challenge, and they did so yesterday against maybe their toughest test. Let's go back to the phone lines. Neil is in Lone Jack. Hey, Neil, how you doing, my man? Good afternoon, C. Doc, Carrington, and Rob. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Me too. Um, can't wait for this uh, golden opportunity we have to get this, um, you know, third Super Bowl victory, the quintessential dynasty clinching victory. I'm so excited. I, I have slight concern that you guys are, and, and Chiefs Kingdom is uh, overly optimistic, but I'm still, I'm still optimistic. I'm looking forward to it. And I want to say something, though. Um, I'm not really sure I'm fully understanding the criteria for getting a pizza, but I will say this. It was an interesting season for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Started off, weird game against Detroit, drop passes, penalties, all these things that throughout the year we thought could potentially keep us from getting to this point. And Rob, I will say, to his credit, had some opinions and, um, and, and, and made his opinions clear and was very negative. And to be honest, it was, it was not necessarily something that maybe some people in the kingdom hadn't considered, but we still weren't being all negative Nancy. Rob was, and you know what? It didn't turn out so well for Rob, because here we are in the Super Bowl. And Rob, you know what? You're a loser. <laughs> Rob, you lost. <laughs> Rob, you, your opinions have been run amok. They've been dragged through the mud. They've been... They've been bamboozled. You suck. You lost. You know what, Neil? I'm giving you a pizza. I'm giving you a pizza just because you call Rob what he really is. Rob Loser Britain. RLB. That's who you are. RLB. Thank you, Neil and Lone Jack. We're going to give you a pizza. We're going to continue to take phone calls on the other side, 913-586-7610. I have some stats that you guys absolutely need to hear about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. We'll continue to take your phone calls. And, I mean, on defense, their stars really made star plays when they needed to. We'll talk about them. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. (laughs) Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, let's talk about Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed before we get back to you guys' phone calls. I don't know what the Chiefs need to do. I just know that that is not a player that you can let walk in free agency. I understand that you're not going to be able to franchise tag both him and Chris Jones. I get that. It makes sense to me. But I'm telling you, man, Legereus Sneed makes plays every single week. 
He is as close to a lockdown corner that you can have in this league. He made the big defensive play that may have won them the game. I mean, that might be the biggest defensive play that they've had during this run was knocking the ball out of the hands of Zay Flowers. I'm not saying it's the most important, but just heads up, big time play. It is one of the best plays that they have had in these Super Bowl runs. I don't know how you let that guy walk in free agency and just take a a compensatory pick for a 27-year-old, versatile, do-everything corner. And Chris Jones just continues to make plays in these moments and continues to be a force. I know that we will debate here coming up in two, three weeks of what his worth is. Whatever he is telling you, he is worth. That's what the market actually is for that player. Because you know, we're going to see a tweet from Jeremy Fowler or Adam Schefter coming up in three weeks. And so you're like, oh, he's asking for too much. No, he's not. The value that they have had from that player this year, that is a 30 to $32 million player. Now, if you don't want to pay it, that's, that's life. That's the NFL. That's the salary cap. But Chris Jones told us what his value was. He told us what his worth was. And this season and this postseason, he has played like a 30 to $32 million player. He is going to get that from somebody. Or you're going to franchise tag him, and the tag is going to pay him 30 something million dollars next season, and you can negotiate the contract based on that. Your two defensive stars and Trent McDuffie, your two, your three stars on defense, all played like stars yesterday. And in a game where people were super worried about Willie Gay Jr. not playing, and I understand it, as their best linebacker, he was unable to go, and you did not notice it. They stopped Baltimore from running the ball. And aside from two big pass plays in the game, Baltimore did not really generate a lot of offense yesterday in the game. Let's go to the phone lines here, 913-586-7610. Let's go to Peanut. Hey, Peanut, how you doing today, my man? Man, how y'all doing, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. All right, first thing first, I got to say this. Rob, you're a loser. Your takes on the Chiefs playoff run, they're comparable to the Bills. They're losers. But I want to get to this. I want to talk about the defense. Um, all week and last week we played the Dolphins. They talked about the Dolphins' injuries to their defense. They talked about the Bills' injuries to their defense. But Willie Gay being out, that was a really big thing to me. I believe that on that sack that should have been with Chanel missed that tackle on um, Lamar. I think if Gay's in, that's a tackle and they don't score there. Um, we should have blew him out. That Nick Allegretti, shout out to him. But we was missing an all-pro, and I believe that's the reason why Pacheco had 24 carries with that that um, that little amount of yards, bro. Mahomes is that guy. Lastly, I want to ask you a question, C. Dot. I'm gonna get off the air. I was arguing with my cousins last night about um, is is Lamar Jackson elite? In my opinion, there's only one elite quarterback, and that's the that's Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else in the league is elite. He's in a league of his own. Thanks a lot. No problem, Peanut. I appreciate the phone call. I wouldn't fault. I wouldn't fight you on that. I wouldn't fault you for that belief. I mean, if you're only putting one quarterback in the elite category and it's Mahomes and just saying, like, I I just think at this point with Patrick Mahomes, and I've, and I've thought this for a while, it's not like this just changed yesterday. I just, at this point, the only people you can compare Patrick Mahomes to are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Like, stop letting them rile you up when someone, I mean, just just last week, someone said they'd rather have Josh Allen than have Mahomes. Stop letting those people get you mad. The only two people that you can compare Patrick to 
are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. And if you compare him to anybody else, you're a clown. It's that simple. You're a clown. That's, that's his category right now. It's not Elway. It's not Peyton, who was incredible. It's not Brett Favre. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Drew Brees. It's not any of these other quarterbacks. It's those two. I think he is now definitively top three. I'm just saying off resume. We're not talking about eye test. Definitively off resume. He's, he's third all time to me. Now, I can't speak for Otto Graham or Johnny Unitas. I'm not counting them. So far at 28, he has passed all of those other individuals. And now he has the next 12 years to see if he can beat Joe Montana's four and how close he can get to Brady's seven. But resume at this point, I'm, I'm done arguing it with people. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Chuck. Chuck, how you doing, Chuck? Hey, pretty good. Appreciate taking my call. I had a couple uh, comments and then a couple questions, if you could bear with me. First of all, I just want to say how lucky we are, like you guys have mentioned, of having Kelsey and Mahomes, Chris Jones, superstars, nationally known. And not only that, but they're good in our community. They, you never have to worry about them getting in trouble. They're in the community supporting other businesses, other sports teams. It's just, it's just refreshing to see it. It's unbelievable that we're experiencing this right now. And a couple questions I had is, I know I'm not trying to say Justin Ross is a is a superstar, but I mean, but the play he made against Minnesota, where he goes up and catches a, up in the air, he, I think he's the only one on our team that can make a play like that. Why did we not do that and like quick slant? I, I never see a quick slant in this offense um, around the goal line or something. I, I've never quite understood why we don't utilize those two plays more often with when we struggle in the red zone. And you nailed it on Legarius Need. We got to keep him and Chris Jones somehow. I, I don't care if you have to go to Patrick and hey, let's restructure and I'll buy you freaking Whataburger for the next twenty years. Clark tells him whatever. We got to get them to sign. And I appreciate your time and all this stuff there. No problem, Chuck. I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I just don't know how you let Snead walk in free agency. It just doesn't. It just doesn't compute to me. I just don't know how you can watch the impact that he has on this team. Watch it. How much it frees up your young player. I mean, right now, the Chiefs have the best. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. And they have the, the best cornerback duo in the National Football League. The three most important things in the league. Throwing the football, having guys that can get after the quarterback, and have guys who can defend. This is the deepest and most talented wide receiver has ever been in the history of the league. They have the best quarterback in the league, and they have the best one-two corners in the in, in the NFL. I just don't know how you let one of those players walk in free agency, and all you're going to take is a compensatory pick. So I don't know how they're going to figure it out. We're going to spend later on this week talking to various cat people to see how they can figure it out. But you cannot allow Snead to go play for another team next year. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll take your calls coming up on the other side. We'll also talk about, you know what? Congratulations to Taylor Swift because the long-standing Chiefs fan who had to endure the Christmas Day loss against the Las Vegas Raiders, she got to come out on the other side and all of her hard work and service of cheering for the Chiefs, it paid off as they're going to the Super Bowl. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. 
You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. You know what? We got three calls. I want to do everything in my power to make sure that we take all of those calls. Before we take those calls, I would like to at least notify you guys of this very simple point before we get to the phone lines. The Chiefs, they have been an unnecessary distraction, in my opinion, from what the real story in college basketball is. And that's how disappointing this KU team is. They're not that good. I've seen them. I've seen them multiple times in person. And I've watched them over the course of Big 12 play. They're just, they're okay. They're okay. They have the same conference record as K-State does. They're all right. And it's not surprising that this is maybe as tough as the Big 12 is. They started adding some new schools, and now KU's just average. They're four and three. You guys don't know how bad I want KU to be a five seed in the tournament. You guys just don't know. I don't have anything to cheer for with my basketball team, so now I got to be robbed. I got to just be a hater. I got to hate on Kansas the rest of the way. That's the enjoyment. That's my pleasure in this college basketball season. It's watching Caitlin Clark drop 40 on everybody and it's cheering against Kansas. That's all I got. I don't have anything else. Do you there's, think there's KU, nothing else about college basketball that I enjoy right now? Do you think KU could be like the Chiefs and be a spicy three or four seed make Hopefully a run? not. Hopefully not. If KU goes to the final four this year, I'm taking off that whole week. Where's Carrington at? Where is he at? He's on vacation the whole week, Monday to Friday. <laughs> I don't think I've ever taken a whole week. I will that week. I don't want to be here. I'm not talking about that team. I had enough the last time they went to it. We really shouldn't be talking about They should be under 500 in the Big 12 because they should have lost to TCU. TCU should have beat them at home, but they cheated. And you, KU fan, you know they cheated. That was actually worse than what happened to Clemson on this weekend. You saw what happened to Clemson, Rob? That was bad. That was real bad. Oh, that was bad. KU, I hope you enjoy your four seed in the NCAA tournament. doesn't matter. You'll probably still get Sprint Center. I don't know where the closest games are, but KU, it doesn't matter what. They could be the 8-9 game. They'll still go to wherever they need to go. They do it every year. I'm sick of it. All right. Let's go to Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Steve, you there? Hello? Hello? Um, this is Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, uh, you know, I'm one of those fans that, unfortunately, I, I give away my age. But I started watching the Chiefs in the 80s, so I went through all the suffering for all of those years saying if we just had a quarterback, if we just had a quarterback. And then by some miracle, Mahomes comes along. And I, I just think it's because um, Kansas City is still considered flyover country by some. We're not the east or west coast. But Mahomes doesn't get the respect he deserves because of the fact he plays for Kansas City. I mean, it's simple as that. But Sharp was on – Sharp was on uh, – Sharp was on, I think, first take or something like that today talking about, you know, there's no other quarterback in his league. He's in a completely different atmosphere, you know. The the, the quarterbacks in the AFC are great, but they're they're not that good. I mean, the only you, – you kind of stole my thunder when you said that he's 
he's he's competing with the the quarterbacks that are no longer playing. You know, the Montana, the Brady, whatever. Um, sooner or later, I guess the uh, people that think they know what they're talking about will quit being angry when he does well and quit and quit disrespecting him, right? And that's all I got. I'll listen up 100%, there. 100%, Steve. I appreciate you. We need less people like Rob in the media. I'm with you. Uh, we got How much we got? Two minutes left? 90 seconds left. I don't know. Do we got enough? All right, Josh, we got 90 seconds left. I'm going to give you 70 seconds of it. Go ahead. All right, hey. That's the Midwest Sports Podcast. Totally love you. Hey, KU's overrated. Hunter Dixon's been a total disappointment. But the best thing at Chiefs game yesterday was watching Ravens just totally unravel. You know, it, it started with Travis Kelsey, and they continued to unravel and unfold. It was... All right. I mean, I mean, Josh's phone didn't work. Someone said, CDOT, you're falling for the slow stretch of Kansas basketball. I, that's all I have. I don't take away you guys' joy. Why would you take away my joy? Can you let me be happy that Kansas might be just okay at basketball this one time? Please, you know, let me let me celebrate. Do you know what really stinks? The chief success takes away from another Spygate conversation with with college sports. That's what I really <laughs> want to talk about. I saw they were, like, videotaping inside the huddle. I saw it. They were being – it's probably Kansas. They, they were her cheating, weren't they? Was, was, was Kansas cheating? It was Iowa State. Iowa State was Bush cheating. Light Boy and Co., Iowa State was the one cheating. All right. Well, I don't know how Kansas can be eighth in the country, but fourth in their own conference. That just seems a little out of whack to me, but what do I know? I don't know. Hey, uh, I know. tell Jerry I'm sorry, and we'll give Jerry a pizza. Give Jerry a pizza to the other place. Take him, uh, and we'll tell him. Tell him I apologize. I'm sorry, Jerry. All right. Back again tomorrow. I appreciate you guys. I'm sure you're in a great mood. I'm in a great mood. Let's have a great next two weeks. You know what? Let's make it three weeks as we get ready for another parade. Take care of yourself. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.